Hey, brothers, I just want all you little Hulkamaniacs to know the Hulkster is okay. He is mentally sound and... I'm getting for... Cut the goddamn music! Cut the damn music! Oh, God! And welcome to another Saturday of shenanigans, good times, cold beer, and just general and low blows. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to the Logan no, Jabroni Show. No shame, no shame at all. I, That's my childhood down the drain. <laughs> Come and he, on. Hits, he hits the best topic before we even hit the intro. I am Jabroni across the table from me. I'm Loki, and we have with us once again Eddie Focus. For his special Hello? announcement. Yeah, he has a special announcement. He's been yes, pimping I have, it. I have a special announcement, uh, and I wanted to give you guys the exclusive on it. Thank you. Um, we're going to have a brief conversation of uh, what would you rather be doing, and are you taking the steps to do it? So a lot of a lot of people wondering, what the hell have I been up to the past year that I'm so cryptic about? And, yes, uh, Captain Vague, tell us. Yes, Captain Vague is, is here to tell <laughs> you. Um, well, I had an opportunity to leave work. Because I was sick of it. <laughs> As most, of us uh, I think most of us, yeah, yeah, I think most absolutely. of us at the point, um, and and not to cut you off, but but essentially this, and and yeah, we're taking those steps. <laughs> absolutely, exactly. For, for now, exactly. For now, eighteen and, weeks. And, yes, exactly, and that's why I'm here giving you guys the first story. So for the past, opened up. Uh, hold, I'm sorry. Opened up uh, uh, a new uh, DJ karaoke business yeah. with my girl Janelle. I mm-hmm. mean, so you know, yeah. People pissed me off, and I said, "Screw you!" And I and yeah, I'm 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 so I know, I know that you got something exciting for us. I know it must be because this is what I want to do. I just want to go get back into broadcasting, and yeah, this is yeah. a this was the step that I wanted to take exactly. 18, 20 weeks ago, and we're doing it. So yeah. the answer to your question to us anyway is, yeah, we're 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 taking this seriously. Exactly, and it's like if if you're sick of the radio. Make better radio, right? If, Fuck yeah! You know, if you're sick of music, make better music. If you're sick Fuck of yeah. beer, make better beer. Hallelujah! Don't look that at me like that. I got deep. the undercover something or other bullshit <laughs> as gimmick he's beer. Sipping on as the I'm light. sipping the last. <laughs> <I'm saying>, like, <laughs> you drink enough product, they send you free shit. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's like you're sipping on a Miller. Sipping on a Miller Lite. The CEO sends me a letter. Hey, thanks for my new boat, Chris. Here's a fucking baseball jersey. Some guy say, made it for me, and I, I don't like I will, it. I, I will give credit. That is no cheap jersey right there. That's a pretty uh, high quality jersey. It's right one there. of the uh, Wikiway, the moisture yeah, yeah, bullshit the, the, type the cool things. Yes, thank, yes, yes. And if you, you look at their, cool if you look at their catalog, it's fifty nine ninety nine. I got it for the grand total of free. Wow! <laughs> I bought enough product. Yep. No, I'm absolutely. sorry, we're cutting Eddie off. No, Eddie, no, go it's ahead. Fine. This, this no, that's part of the point. About. That's part of the point. It's all about. So, like, um, whoa. So, the hell. Basically in January, yeah. Actually, I I planned, I probably planned this for like almost a year ahead of time when when I knew I was gonna have the time available to me. So, um, starting in January, um, I started uh, writing an outline, and I actually just finished my first book, and it is available for presale on Amazon. Very nice. nice. 
Yes, and I just uh, I have my website up under my pen name, www.eddiejakes.com. Um, you can find all the links. Um, there is a blog. Um, my first blog post will go up. I think I put down midnight last night. <laughs> so it might, might be up already. I'll have to throw some links up there for you. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And um, no, that's basically it. And um, I already got this. It's a first in a series. It's a horror series. Um, I had an idea a while back after all the sparkly vampire stuff. Oh. <laughs> and teenage werewolves on MTV and... And yeah. the Dawson's Creek shit mixing in with my classic movie monsters. And I'm like, well, well, what if we get back to the Dracula style vampires and we get back to the Lon Chaney style werewolves? And, then then um, you have a good fucking story. Is right. What I say. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I got the, the Dungeons and Dragons games we played for years was a big was a big factor and and that yeah. the main character Strahd von Zarovich and Raven I loved him man what a what a was, fucking great was, vampire was, obviously is count dracula yeah. everything yeah. about him is count dracula um so I came up with I I think I got a bunch of interesting characters um basically uh the concept is a Pandora's box type plot line where they've all been locked away Eddie did your phone just go off you uh, owe the listeners a beer. This is bullshit. This is second week in a row. <laughs> second week in a row that your phone has gone off. You need. You owe the listeners a beer. This is bullshit. All, All I'm gonna say is it's my party, and I'll chime if I want to. <laughs> you can Love find him it. on Facebook at Eddie Focus. Tell him he owes you a beer. You're taking away my special moment. Your special so. moment is awesome. I'm very. I'm very thrilled. I have a question about it after. Continue. No, no, no problem. Um, like I say, it's a Pandora's box plot type plot line i call it malevolent prisoners first it's a series the first book is called general population and it's the main character is uh, a warden of sorts who actually lives in this pseudo town that these creatures have created for themselves to avoid being wiped out basically um i throw in some historical stuff you know the founding of america is part of it uh um some native american culture egyptian cultures thrown in there um, I went all out with this. Nice. Went crazy. Sounds like it was definitely just, a lot of fucking. Oh yeah, and I just I just finished it, um, f- few weeks ago. And it's Eddie Jakes, right? Yes, that's like my J A K E S. You can actually go online; the website's up already. Um, yeah, I just totally lost track of what I was saying. <laughs> no, no, no. You were saying general population things of that sort. No, you're right. Using... Well, I threw together some like different things and. Um, Basically, to see where it goes, I'm um, looking to do this full. Well, I am doing it full time because obviously I'm not working. Um, it's uh, currently in the editing stages. I'm looking at a final release date, at least October 21st. Hopefully sooner. Um, if people pre-order it now, they'll get a lot cheaper. Nice. Now, are you self-publishing through like a company like Lulu, or has this been picked up by a publishing I, house? You can go direct to Amazon. Will it be like book form that I can hold, or do I have to do it through my device? The, an actual paperback won't be available till the release date, but the Kindle version can be pre-ordered. Okay. Now. Oh, okay. So you can pretty much check it out now. If you don't have Kindle, any cell phone can get a Kindle app. Right. So it's just an app. Okay. Yeah. See, I've it's never, just, I've never done the Kindle thing myself. Neither have I. You know? Me, I'm, I'm all fucking, no, I, I I'm all fingers and thumbs. When yeah, you, yeah, you are. <laughs> I prefer having that book in my hand and, you know. No, no, there, no. There will you be. are. See, you are an avid reader, and you brought this up before. Yeah. For me, 
And I'm going to tell you what, I love you to death. And the fact that I'm actually going to pick up a book and read it mm-hmm. is, a, is, a, is a tribute to you, my friend, because... Now, I have until October let me tell you, I, how to I, read. The last I, book I read, the last book I read, and it's funny you say Ravenloft, because you remember back in the day, and I'm not even joking with you here, they had a Ravenloft series that came out. Yes. The last one I, I, I read, read was The I Baroness tried. of Blood. Oh, no. I, I remember you had the hard copy of Vine Strahd, though, didn't you? But I read that before that. Okay, yeah. I got The Baroness of Blood from Rob. I gave him a book I in January, up. and I thought he'd read it in two weeks. And I'm guessing, I'm halfway it's, I'm guessing it's got a Coke on top of no. it right now. No, it's actually tucked he, away in the Oh, is it? Spot. Actually, he's, yes. he's always been that way. Really? Um, yeah. Like, it, it takes a lot for him to get into a book. Okay. Um, I, no. Actually, I remember he used to read the fuck out of Sherlock Holmes. No though. shit. Oh, I love Sherlock nice. Holmes. I, I, get a, I get a book for Father's Day, and it took because between June and July into where we are now at July 25, is it's been busy as hell for me. So I've probably read this one chapter at a time, and then a few days ago I picked up and finished the damn thing. And that's how I do it. I pick up a book, and I, I will lose sleep trying to finish a book. And I don't care because I just want. Well, you know what? I here's here's my thing. Not to cut you off. Here's my here's always been my thing with books. Like I I actually love. Like I had a Nook first, then I got a Kindle. I love the e-reader thing, and because I've always loved to read, but I hate books. Really? Yes. Is books it because of the weight, the space, the pay? I see. I'm different. I I love having it in my hand. Here, you know, some maybe- people do, but like like I have cruised through so many books, like that. Since getting the game. using the e-reader yes. type thing, yeah. See, maybe I, like maybe I should try something like that because yeah, I think you will because it's you can just hold it in one hand. No, that's read, I, I read. I read I so like, many stories in Yahoo News, dude. I go through about fifty stories a day. Mm-hmm. It's not like I don't well, see, like that's reading. Cool thing with the Kindle, you can have those things like delivered to them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. See, that's that's what I'm saying. Like I, I'll, I'll probably like I said. It, you, I I will actually get your version on that well, just so I can. Like I said, when I um, the reason why there's no well, obviously it's not officially released yet, but you can't do a paperback through Amazon and have it pre-order. So that's why it's not available for So okay. did you so when what publisher comes, did you did you end up going through? It's your personal own, it's, it's your, your own publication. I, I actually registered an imprint. I call it uh, Focus Pulp Publishing. That's Makes fucking sense. cool. Yeah. Um, it's it's a self-publishing. So we can almost kind of turn this into like uh, like PBS Focus Publishing. We can we can get like radio going on no, from there. We can open I'm up gonna, our I, podcast I, on the well, radio. Yeah, have, set, you know what I'm saying? I plan to have this like umbrella company, which I'll probably call something like Focus Media. Wow, so that's why I went to college. For no, I have, no, I exactly, have exactly. I have a selfish question. Yeah, I've been working on a book for two years. Yes, shopped it, sent out the samples. It gets turned down. There's too much of this. There's too much of this. Yes, for the book that I'm trying to write, if. I eventually get it finished, and I bring it to you. That's something that you'd be interested in. It's not horror. It's you mean music. like it's music. You like publishing it myself? Sure, why not? Or together, or somehow putting you could, putting you, a plan together. See, here, here's the thing: you don't need me to do it. I don't need you, but it's great. Like you, like you're here making your big announcement. You saved it for us, which is great because one hand washes the other. That's where I'm going with this. If well, I can, no, if I can I make totally, money and make you totally- money at the same time, awesome. I could totally, I could totally help you with that, except for the 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 tax situation be a pain in the balls. Okay, because I'm a sole proprietor. Mm-hmm. I don't have employees. Yeah. If I got into that, you would be an employee, <laughs> mm. kind of. 
So, I dare not wait, work so for any focus. <laughs> Well, no. Here's Nothing personal. We might under we might under focus here's media. Thing, we might. Here's, here's the thing. This is why I picked this topic. Like you can, it is easy enough for you to do it yourself. You know, like look at look at what we've we've accomplished. Oh yeah, with what we've had. I mean, we're we're pretty much. If you really think about it, we're a garage band podcast. We're also ahead of the game. No, I agree. But what we've made with the strides, with the progressions that we've had. Sure. Now, if we were, you know, say, um, S- Silver Spoon and Mouth Rich Kids, then we could have our own studio built. And would it sound better? Oh, I yeah. I don't think so. I don't think depending, so. Because depending if we on are the... spoon-fed Rich Kids, we don't have the passion that we have right now. That's true. We don't have the passion that Mr. Focus Absolutely. had going through school. I'm not, not going to argue. I am you know certainly not going to argue that point right there. That's, well, and that's, it, and that's what me, you – took me a lot longer. Except for last week. <laughs> the graduate. The I'm just throwing that out there. The graduate. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jabroni, I think you're trying to seduce me. Absolutely not. He is. Um, I'm like trying to surf the internet while talking here, people. How unprofessional. <laughs> we do the same thing. It's not going to. No, I want I, cause you, you, I want to show you what's, what's possible here. Come on, please do. <clears throat> Has some definite shout-outs that I have oh, to here, give when here, Eddie's done. Here's the thing, too, uh, just to throw out there. When it is officially released, anyone who subscribes to Kindle Unlimited can read it for free. Wow. So, yeah, because for the first few months, I'm keeping it on Amazon exclusively through their Kindle Select program. and then so I'm that's like, cool. Then I might go wide to the other formats, depending on what's you know financially beneficial let's mm-hmm. be honest okay so yeah it, here it is you know i i actually paid to have the cover done um, oh wow that's a fantastic artwork it's not it's not yeah it's not completely finished final version will be uploaded uh, upon release date and basically you just register on amazon with tax information your company name guys let me throw this out there too while i'm looking at this if, if anybody's on the fence and and is thinking well you know I don't uh, know. That's why he brought up the topic of Kindle price. Are you doing what you want to be doing right Kindle now? The Kindle price, as I'm looking at it right here, is two ninety nine. Yes. If you pay three bucks for this book and you love it, you know what? You got an awesome book for three bucks. Here's, here's the thing: when, that's that's the price I'm keeping at for pre order. If you bought it afterwards, it's only going to be five ninety nine. Okay, and, and even six bucks for books. Yeah. Most, you're not going to get a deal e-book, like that most anywhere e-books else. From a traditionally published author, are anywhere from ten to like fourteen. Right. For the ebook, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. sometimes you can go get the hardcover at Barnes and Noble cheaper than the ebook. It's, right, it's, that's it's a ridiculous. fantastic price point, I must say. Yeah, it's nobody knows who I am. I came up with an introductory price. And hey, like I mean, we, same way we started off where nope. we are, and, and 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 every week just buy shares. You know what's funny is is every single week we do a show, and I wanted to bring this out because mm-hmm. lately people have been sharing our show, and it's. Friggin' fantastic. Thank you, everybody, for doing this. Absolutely. Um, yes. If you look at our show and it says views, when we actually publish the show and the shares, it goes up to like 500 views. And then every other one is like 75 views, 85 views. Mm-hmm. But because they're sharing, more people are, are getting it. Yeah. You know, and just to get it out there, it's just so cool that people are – We had some know. great shares this week knowing yes. who our guest this week was going to be, Gary Wolf, ECW's yes. original dog. And he will be calling us in like nine minutes. Yes. Um as I've mentioned here before, I used to work for a professional wrestling website called WrestlingOnline.com with Colin Vassallo, Jason Clavette, John Beck, Ian Hamilton, Oren Kurtz, Henry Demesh. Am I really doing a commercial for them right now? Probably. No, but Colin and John, Colin Vassallo and Jonathan Beck, really went out of their way to pimp this week's episode. I actually yeah. found out, and I didn't know this before, Jonathan is actually a subscriber to the show. 
That's awesome. So he's out there. He's listening. He's he's a big supporter. But as he left a review. Good call. Jonathan, have you gone to iTunes and left a review, <laughs> Mr. Subscriber? Have not, you? Not, not to put anyone on blast, but I cannot stress this enough as the executive producer of the number one podcast in the country. The best 90 minutes of on-demand audio you can get at the price listening of three ninety nine. Listening is great. Reviewing on iTunes is better. Yeah, no, it does. It, it gets us out there more, mm-hmm. like everybody's saying, and it... it Especially on iTunes. That's mm-hmm. one of the biggest selling things right now. And I know we, I mean, we've tried to sell this a million times, but the one thing we probably have never said for everybody who's ever hit that subscribe button, thank you. For people who listen, thank you. If you're a new listener, thank you for being here. But, guys, get out there and put a review on iTunes. You know what? Me, me, and, uh, me and Jabroni are going to write a script. We're going to do a review um, and if you guys don't, if you guys don't show. have these That's guys great. friends, yeah. yo, send send Eddie Jacobs and like, Chris Burns friends. Yes, I did. These did guys, you leave a review after? I certainly oh, did. No, it I goes on that. all week with you guys. Like what we're doing right now is nothing. Like you guys are on Facebook all week, going back and forth with each other. It's funny, and I'll throw in my digs, but no, it's. It but you is, know what? And the thing, and I said it to Eddie. <clears throat> publicly and privately, I enjoy it because there's not a lot of people out there who can give you intelligent conversation exactly, anymore. Exactly, exactly. And, I and which is why it. last week, and I, and I made a statement then, and I make the statement now, when I, when I wrongfully accused Obama, for, and, and I am a veteran, and I have been having fucking issues trying to get my house and everything in an order, trying to get all this shit because of what's going on. Yes, I wrongfully blamed Obama. When, I, when that informa- information was brought my way, I looked that shit up, and damn right. And that's the way you and I operate, and Eddie just thinks he's right all the time, and he publicly said it last night. I'm, he, <laughs> yo, uh, uh, yo, he, can, he no, just got time to look it's up in, shit, all right? Print. Here's I, I, it's in here's print. The, here's it's the, in yes, print. Yes, I know. Here, all right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Truth be told, I'm not being a wise ass. I'm not often wrong. But you can be mistaken. How? I'll get Professor I'll, Gary Diana put it. that out there. No, dude, he was wrong, and I put his dick in the dirt. Uh, <laughs> listen, okay, he did. He put his dick in the dirt. You shrivel, but you if you guys ever like want to see horror with a disease, if you I ever want to see Eddie Focus wrong, play D and D with us one time. Okay. Well, after post <laughs> after posting that video about loaded dice, I don't know how I can trust oh, you ever again. Okay. First of all, you don't ever see my dice, so you don't know if I'm fucking telling you what I'm rolling, anyways. <laughs> and like I said before, drama. Actually, no, no. Truth be told, like I know I've, I've been a game master before. Sometimes you got to move the plot in a direction. Thank you. But like I'm I now, said, I'm, no. But I'm now looking at my dice because now that I think about it, I've been getting some really shitty rolls. And it's funny because they did say those those certain dice, and it does make sense, dude, because some of those dice are fucking. Yes. <laughs> yes. Actually, you know, speaking of role-playing games and going back to the writing topic, um, there is a there is a part of Amazon called Kindle Worlds where people actually can write books based on some actual commercial properties and make money on it. Right. G.I. Joe is one of them. There's actually some Marvel universes that are part there. I've actually been on um, – Kevin Ciambata's ass and Palladium books about doing that. I, and that's because, good because, because he's, he try, he he's smart, to dude, but he tries to do too much by himself. Yes. And it's – yes, dude, there's some smart people out there. Hire him. <laughs> well, we, we have gone off the rails on the crazy train That's what we bit. do, man. I know. It's awesome. We got five I, minutes till he calls. We do. I, I do. I do have a surprise real quick. Hang Uh-oh. On. Well, while he's searching for yeah. a surprise, I just want to say mm-hmm. that last week's You Know What's Fucked Up was probably the funniest – that we've ever done, and I've heard I had that from a lot one. of people. I, I had a good time with that. I really did. And a lot of people pointed, again, they said the alligator story this, the... Oh, oh we got oh. some Ospice Pomante up in the nice. house. 
Like I said, celebration. This is this is the picture I just put on our Facebook page. We need to go live, go live with this. this. Absolutely. <laughs> no, the, the feedback I've gotten from last week is, you know, all the craziest stories come out of Florida, all this, all that, and, it, and I'm going to stay away from Florida next time. No, no, but that people is, cannot you know believe. Up, no Florida. <laughs> yeah, people cannot believe that all these stories come from the same fucking state every single time. It's the truth, man. It's such the fucking truth. But they though. love it. And and Eddie, I know you made a joke. Well, you made a joke, but it's kind of got some seriousness behind it. People love it when you're here because we all bounce off each other, and it's a great time. Once a month, you know what's fucked up. We really, we really do. We work well together. I'm just, uh, I'm just here to like uh, hawk my book. Now, and you can hawk your book every now, now freaking week. Yeah. No, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have some fun. I just, I just wish uh, Loki here kept his artwork up. I might have him do a cover. Nice. I do. I still draw. <laughs> nice. I never gave that up. Trust me. I, it's funny because Alex still comes. Alex actually started picking up drawing, and he's getting really good at it. Nice. And it's funny because he was like five years old, and he, the first time he knew I was into drawing, he he took two things that I loved, Halo and drawing, and he drew me this freaking master. I still have it upstairs in my in my room. And he drew me this master chief with all these freaking, you know, grunts all over the place. And it said best dad. And it was like, you know, awesome. wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, no, no, we washed we... down this bitter beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some good beer, man. Now, it, it, what Eddie's speaking of, he is not a fan of the Lagunitis undercover investigation shutdown ale, which we are currently enjoying right now. And I'm switching for the interview to not your daddy's root beer, which is fan friggin test. Thank you. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. I'm very fucking yes. proud to call you my family Absolutely. and my friend. Good job, Ed. No, we're all, I, like I said, I, oh, yeah, I want to huh? do this. You know, oh, that's fucking you know I've been, like, it? fucking that's with good. it since I was little. Oh, I know. And, and like, now it's like. Dude, I had, the, I had, it, I've so. had the privilege of, and, and let me tell you, I've, me being a DM, and then being through as many DMs as I have, I enjoy your games more than anything, because I really feel like. Because my games are I'm usually the only ones you I'm get to there. play. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I've done Steve, and that was a joke. And Brian's was, he was picking up, but then he just dropped it. But, like, the way that you incorporate the world into it, you really feel like you're your character. Well, and, I, and, I, and I know I, you're yeah, going to do I'm, that I'm, with the reading. I know oh, you're going to exa- do that exactly. with that. Actually, at, at one point, uh, a lot of what's going on in the book was going to happen in Beyond the Supernatural if... If Palladium books had kept up, and I might still, don't get me wrong, no, I might I, still I, I, I'm some of that. definitely, especially that that new zombie one. Looking forward to that one. Yes. But, all yes. right, guys, we're going to be uh, we're going to be bringing Gary Wolf in here in just a couple of minutes. So um, for just a couple seconds, we'll be uh, we'll be right back. Go. Hey guys, what's going on? We have Gary. Pitbull, the alpha male number one wolf on the line with us. What's going on, Gary? Nothing, guys. I'm really uh, happy to be on the show. And uh, everybody listening, uh, shout out Pitbull style. Excellent. We're glad to have you. Um, If anybody doesn't know, if you're uh, kind of not ingrained in the old I say old. We're advanced in age. I'm sorry. 1990s wrestling scene. 90s wrestling was fantastic. It was. ECW was a hotbed and a really an innovator in professional wrestling as we know it today and gary pitbull number one was definitely one of those innovators and gary we're just glad to have you real quick um something i don't even know who trained you oh, I... Uh, I went to the uh, world famous monster factory larry sharp so was, very nice yeah i was trained by larry sharp and uh you know there's a lot of people there so it's that was a very good school to come from. You know what I mean? A lot of talent that came out of that school. Very nice. And 
Who are some of the others that went through that camp with you that maybe we might know? Uh, as far as the Monster Factory, sure. uh, you got my partner, Pitbull 2. You got... Uh, I actually know that. Yeah, you got the Headbangers. You got the Raven. You got Big Show. You got... There's so many guys. I, mean, I have to keep rambling names off. You got Big Papa Bear, who actually was Papa Shango. Uh, a lot of guys, man. I mean, plus there's a lot of guys that are being groomed right now at the Monster Factory that's located in Paulsville, New Jersey. So, I mean, if you're looking for a school, that's the place to go right now. They got, they're in with events, you know, so it's a good place to learn. They got gyms, and it's no joke, so. Hey, uh, real quick, not to throw anybody on the bus, but you said uh, Big Show. Now, obviously, if you trained with him, you had a chance to practice with him. Is he such a pig, like everybody says he is, to work with, like wrestling-wise? Is he just really stiff? No, well, I can't really answer that because I never worked against him. He went to the factory after me. I was already on the road working, and at that time, he was going to the Monster Factory, and then he got a job at a strip club where I used to manage. (laughs) And it was my boy Mike Scott, you know, big Mike Scott, and... Uh, we, uh, I mean, I used to take care. I mean, he was okay back then. I'm not gonna lie. And I used to give the big show food. He had no money. He was fucking starving, man. Wow. You know, and then, you know, I'm like, of course. You know, today he probably won't remember that. Just like most people. Yeah, yo, yo, he you better know? remember that shit. I'll tell you what. If somebody gives me a goddamn peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I'm starving, I'm gonna fucking remember that shit. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, dude. I mean, believe me. Yeah. Uh, you know how they say you don't want to run into somebody in the dark alley? Yeah. Well, guess what? I don't care how big the show is. Paul don't want to be in the dark alley. And he knows it. There's going to be nothing left. <laughs> Very you know nice. I mean? I mean, you know, it's like, who am I going to do? Fight that guy? He's a giant. Yeah, right, you know right. I mean? Come on. So Double can... tap, baby. Double tap. <laughs> there is no more. Love it. Nobody Love it. Back, you know what I mean? You can have all the muscle you want. Don't mean shit. Right. If you, yeah, if you don't know how to use it, exactly. Absolutely. But the point I'm trying to make is, you know, a lot of guys that that grow up in the business don't remember, you know, where they came from. You know what I mean? Like the kids today, they don't have a clue. I mean, I see some kids in these locker rooms, they're young guys. I don't know who trained them. They don't even know... I don't think some of them even know who I am. And I'm like, dude, you have no clue. You know, I get in arguments with them all the time. I'm like, let me give you a hand. You know, I'll help you out. I'll watch your match. I'll let you know what you did, you know, wrong and what you did right. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. But these kids today think they're dirty shit. You know what I'm saying? You know, oh, I, turned down, I, I turned down two jobs for Vince McMahon. You know what I mean? And then I'm getting ready to go to WCW to work. And, you know, these kids have no clue. I've been to Japan since 1990, 91. You know what I mean? When guys haven't even been to Japan yet. You know, my, my click, me and my partners clicked the Pitbulls were, you know, Benoit, Dino Linko, Eddie Guerrero, Owen Hart, Wild Samoans. Yeah, you're talking real, real wrestlers right there, man. Real wrestlers. Yeah, that's who brought me up. I mean, I worked, I mean, I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, man. I worked out with Ricky Seabo's gym every single day. I mean, I got to wrestle Rick. I mean, Rick Flair. I mean, I got to be a cowboy Bob Orton, the Tennessee stud, maniac Matt Board. Lots of these kids today have no clue where I've come from. You know, they're the guys that brought me up in the business. 
I mean, Vince was grooming me at 18. I was supposed to go in there for WrestleMania 3 against the fucking Heart Foundation. Wow. But, yeah, and people don't even know that, man. And it's like... Oh, people know that shit now. I mean, we were doing too good in Japan at the time. You know what I mean? I got to stay home with my family, and it was easier for me, you know, to be on the road 300 days a year. I mean, I may not be talking to you right now if I did that, you know? So that, that was my decision because it was easy to go right back into ECW because... I started ECW when I was tri-state. Hell yeah. And Anthony, Hell you know, yeah. there. You know, I just left to go to Japan, and I had to go to North Carolina because I need the experience. I mean, we were in the stud stable, for God's sake. I trained uh, Ken Shamrock, who was Vince Torelli down there. No kidding. I trained Tatanka. I trained Tatanka. So it was Chris Chavis wow. down there. Tatanka. So, I mean, people don't realize, you know, the nasty boys were there. And believe it or not, people don't know this. We, at that time, we were still learning. Our, our baby face promos were horrible, dude. We sucked. And I admit, I couldn't cut a promo to save my life, baby face. And I still didn't know. I was still learning. But I, we were natural heels. So once my first boss was Paul Jones and George Scott. Wow. It made the end of the way. You know what I mean? So, you know, the one day I, we told them, we said, listen, please, man. I said, these promos are killing us. We suck at them, man. Let's do one heel promo. So we cut this one promo on the Nasty Boys, and we healed it out so great that even when George Scott's jaw was on the ground, he I mean, it was like right off the bat. He goes, you're natural heels, but you're still kind of a baby face. He goes, but you turn the fucking Nasty Boys into baby faces, and that's a tough thing to do. Now, you mentioned your promos, and I know this is off the timeline, but I have to tell you, the most memorable promo I've ever seen you do was you and Anthony, God rest his soul, Pitbull number two, and Francine doing a promo, and you and Anthony are going through your injuries. Like, 28 stitches in my arm, and I got back in the ring the next week, and Anthony said something about staples in his head, and Francine said, oh, I broke my nail in Jason's eye. And that, to me, was one of the greatest tweener promos I had ever seen in my life. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you, most of our promos were all shoot promos. Wow. That's why they were so cool. Because it was like, you know, Paul, I'm not, he's a genius when it comes down to this stuff, you know. And Paul's like, he'll give you yeah. like a little, you know, he'll give you the, the, the map, the follow, you know, and then he'll add a couple of things and he'll tell you, you know, you can't follow, you can't like read a script, you know what I'm saying, to do a promo because part of that promo, which I was taught anyway, has to come from the heart. You know what I'm saying? So, to me, I, I like it, and I was taught this way, work the camera, you know, get what the boss wants you to get over, but then add your little touch to it. Exactly. Fantastic. Hey, let, let me just personally ask you a question. 90s wrestling, in my opinion, was a turnstone. We had aggressiveness. We had things that make you say, my God, my God, my God. I mean... Do you feel like the 90s wrestling was that? Do you feel like you guys created something bigger, stronger, say, than anything that's ever been created before? I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. And, you know, like I said, you know, everybody's got their opinion. I feel, I mean, and it's obvious to say if you watch the 2005 uh one night stand, I think it was called. Yes, that's that's where and, you get uh, tribute. Yeah, that's when uh, it was like ECW versus WCW, but I mean WWF. But we had our own show there that night. 
Yeah. And all the all the workers from WWF at that time, WWE, whatever you want to say, they were in the stands. They were up in that area. Uh, and I remember their jaws were on the floor all night because they could not think and fathom in their head. How can these guys work that hard? I mean, come on. Did you watch that Mike Awesome Tataka match? Yeah. The, uh, the jab match? I mean, come on, dude. You're talking crazy fucking shit. That show was insane. Those guys sat there. I watched them. I sat there with Steve Austin. We sat there and watched them. He was in the back. And I, I remember their jaws were on the fucking ground because they're saying to themselves, I can't work this hard style. And before you know it, once they saw it, Vince told them, get ready because you guys got to start working fucking hard. That's why they started copying us, doing the tables, ladders, and chairs. They had Come to. On, dude. We, were do- we were doing that back in the early 90s. Oh, no. And then we've been at Mike Schmidt's bar. I used to play for the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> and you were getting crowds of 75 people at that time, and you still were busting your ass. Yeah, because... At that time, me and Ant were going back and forth to Japan. We were, like, really, really lucky we got in that clip. And, you know, we had no problem working, you know, for, for Todd and, and them guys because, you know, they always had our back from the beginning. So we never turned our back. You know what I mean? Like Sam and Stevie, you know, Blue Me. They were all there in the beginning. Only a few of us were there in the beginning. A lot of people don't know that. And I don't want to touch on that a little, little later on. Wow, I am fumble. You know, I've been waiting for this. I'm sorry. Pitbulls were one of my favorite tag teams. So, Gary, if I start to get fumble-lipped, please, please, yeah, I apologize ahead of time. I, I want he's, to go he's back. Got, he's, got star, he's got star envy right now, man. You bet he's, your he's ass. He's feeling it right now. You bet your ass. Listen, um, I just recently found this on YouTube, and when I saw it, I remembered it so vividly. You had a few enhancement matches against the Hart Foundation and the Rougeos back in... 87-88 on WWF television. Can you tell me a little about that? Yeah, at that time, uh, we were just started uh, the Monster Factory. Mm-hmm. And we were working at, we were training at the Monster Factory. We were learning how to work. I mean, I got a chance at that time to share a, uh, uh, like a Winnebago, you know, a wearing truck, RVs. We had an outdoor show in Camden, New Jersey. And it was, you know, it was, it was really cool. And I go in the locker room, and in my in our RV, I'm with uh, Terry Funk and Stan Hansen. You know, and this is back in '88. You know, these guys didn't know who the hell we were. You know, and, and at the time, Larry Sharp was our manager, and he was like introduced us to everybody he possibly could be in the business. And I remember them guys tore this the house down. They ended up going in the water and the lake, and they beat the shit out of them. But uh, Terry Funk and Stan Hansen, and then it was awesome, man. It was incredible. So I got to meet them guys young, and that's what helped us, you know, really grow because those guys took us under their wing, and they didn't have to. That's pretty cool. Now, what was it like what working? It? What? I'm sorry. What Go ahead, Gary. What was the other question you were asking? I was asking you, uh, give, give us your thoughts on working with not only the Hart Foundation but the Rougeos at that time for uh, enhancement for WWE television. WWF, I'm sorry. I know. Oh, yeah. If you look deeper, if you'll look deeper, I mean, I wrestled uh, the Million Dollar Man. Anthony wrestled uh, oh, I know. Rick Rude. We also wrestled the Brain Busters. Every single tag team there we wrestled. And it was for experience. I mean, we started going, we went up there in 88 from the Monster Factory because Larry Shrunk would be able to get us work. So we said, drive to Niagara Falls. That's where they're at. The TV, they're doing TV tape and 
And at that time, if you remember at wrestling, uh, they would do TV and do job matches, mostly on television, maybe give you one good match. And then you have to pay to go you know, to the show, and then you get all the show. You know what I mean? There's nothing like it is now. I mean, you could sit home and watch a pay-per-view from last night on their show Monday, practically, so you don't even need to buy it. You know what I mean? So we were just going up there for experience to learn. I mean, we even wrestled Akeem, the American Dream, and the Big Boss Man. Yeah, wow, I mean, that yeah. was a great match. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I wrestled Ted DiBiase, and back then, he was a cocky son of a bitch. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to lie. He closed my hand right across my face. Ooh. Yeah, shit my pants, brother. Wow. <laughs> I, was young, I, was, <laughs> I was a young kid. You know what I mean? And I remember he came in the back. You know, he's all, you know, clean dollar man. And I remember he looked at me and he's like rubbing his chin and he's smiling and he's looking at me. And he wants me to like bitch. You know, he wants me to say something. I remember looking at him and I said, thank you very much, sir. It was a, it was a pleasure. I learned a lot. Because he did give me a little bit. You can catch that on YouTube as well. But we use, uh, I used my real name, Gary Wolf, and Anthony used Anthony Durant as his real name. Because we didn't want anybody to know we were the pit bulls yet. Yeah, so we were just going right. up there, and we got a learning experience, and we got paid for it. So you can't be it. You know what I mean? If you're going to be taught by the best and go through something like that between the Brain Busters, Ted DiBiase, Heart Foundation, there's no better building block. I got, I got to say this though, I do. I, uh, Wikipedia is a beautiful thing. Sometimes. I'm, I'm gonna sometimes, sometimes there was some bit, and, and number one, let me commend you, sir, on your work ethic. I. There, there. I, I look at some of the matches that that you have done. Seriously, I mean, you mentioned, you know, uh, you know, million dollar man. Um, but I mean, you you wrestled Sandman before, quote unquote. He was a a kitchen name. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they even said in that the, during the match that you almost kind of like made him look bigger than he was back then. Did you kind of feel like you did that for a lot of wrestlers? I tried. Well, I mean, when I when I went, came back to ECW after Japan, I had a knee injury, so I was out for about a year after that. I had to recover. So at the time, Anthony went to Germany, and I was just like, all right, well, I'm better now, so I'll give Hack a call because I know he was working. And I called Todd, who I'm friends with. You know, Todd's guy. He's like my second dad to me. I don't call him much, but he knows it. But he's the... Uh, you know, I called him up and said, look, you know, I'm all healed up, ready to go. Let's go, you know, I can't get back in, I want to get back. And at that time, I think Paul just started running it at that time. And I was like, I'm 93, 94. And they brought me back in then. And then I just did singles there for a little bit. And I did, you know, I'm, I'm working, you got to remember, I'm working Jimmy Superfly Snooker. I'm working Don yeah. Morocco. I'm working all the top guys. You know, me and Mike uh, from the Road Warriors. Exactly. I mean, we, we had a run. Me and that Bill DeMott had a run against the, me against him. I mean, we did a lot of, you know, I remember Rob Van Dam walking in the locker room. He couldn't even cut a promo. He was so green. You know what I'm saying? So, and look how far he, he's become. You know what I mean? Right. And, and gone. So, I mean, it, just the experience part helped a lot. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, it almost does seem like your work ethic brings out the best in these other wrestlers. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I had a match with this guy. His kid's name's Gray Wolf. 
I'm sure you heard of him around. I mean, he's all over like Facebook and stuff. Yeah. But he's a good kid. I mean, he's young. He's coming up in the business and he's big. You know, he lifts a lot of weight and shit. And I, I, I started, you know, I had to work him on an indie show. And I know him from going to the Monster Factory because he goes there and trains really hard and helps the guys out. And he don't have to do that, but he does it. And he's, he's still learning, you know. But I remember talking to him because he would blow up like the Ultimate Warrior. He like right before the match he would start, you know, the Warrior, God rest his soul, he'd be blown up just coming in with his entrance music, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, these young kids today think they got to be in the gym and, and look like a bodybuilder to be a wrestler. And bodybuilders are not wrestlers. Okay? Right, right. It's not the same thing, you know. I, I don't train like I used to. I mean, I have different ways of training. I train like a fighter now, you know what I mean? Because that's better. Right. I'm, I'm, you know I, mean? I mean, I don't need, I don't need huge arms. I already have big arms. As long as they're fast arms, that's what matters to me. But like I said, you know, having a match with him, he was so stiff, he would blow up so bad, like three minutes in the match. And I said, look, we're going to do a 25 minute match. I said, well, just follow me. Listen to what I said. I'll let you rest. So, you know, I would work with him. I would show him. I put him in a cross face, then walk cross, crawl. I would do a cross face crucifix. And, I would just tell him just to chill. And he never, nobody's ever really did that with him. And I'm surprised. And I remember right after that match that night, I mean, I even used my manager where he would go for the ropes and she would pull the rope away and still couldn't reach it. You know, while well, the referee's back was turned. You know, and I would, you know, we did all this shit where I actually fell out of the ring, fell in my ass. And a lady actually got up and kicked me in the ass. And <laughs> oh, my Lord. We, I timed it so perfect. When I went in, he was already on his way to hit me. It was perfect. And I was like, at the end of the match, I didn't think anything of it. But I remember the booker just started freaking out. He's like, no, that's a fucking match. <laughs> because, every, because every single match before us, nobody, it was a bunch of gaga. Like I said, a lot of kids I've never even seen before. And they were working. Every, and they always grabbed the mic before every single match. Oh, they got to talk shit. Yeah, which is un- unacceptable. And like for superstars of wrestling, uh, I work with them guys, and they're out of North Jersey, and they're good guys, and that they run a good tight shit. In the beginning, it wasn't that tight because everybody wanted to grab the mic. But I remember Rob Fury, one that runs it, you know, he told me, "Do you know, help me? You know, if you can, give me a hand. Let these young guys that can't grab the microphones." I told him, "Dude, you know." I said, this, these, uh, these shows are actually running the 12 o'clock at night because everybody's grabbing a, uh, the microphone. You know, I said, it's got to stop. You know, that's what happened. And, you know. Of all the guys you worked with in the late 80s up until about 1990, and you mentioned you worked with the Brain Busters, and if I have a one, two, three of tag teams, uh, certainly Blanchard and Anderson and you and Anthony are in those top three. The Rockers would be third. Who did you learn? What did you learn from Arn and Tully that you took with you going forward into your career? Uh, well, their style is awesome. Yes, they're four horsemen, probably. Right. Half of it. So it was an honor working against them. And it was an honor doing the job for them. I'm happy to. You know? But I did learn one thing you can be stiff. <laughs> <laughs> Because Arn Anderson's a tough motherfucking SOB, man. And he, I remember rubbing my neck the whole way home. Wow. I, I've yeah. actually told people that. I was like, 
Why people are like, why do you like Arn Anderson, man? He's just like a fat piece of garbage. Alone, like, look he at was him. the best. Dude, he just he's a worker. Just just like my boy Pitbull right here. He's a worker. And and wrestling needs more workers. Make it believable. We need, we need less talking shit and more workers, just like we need in the real world today. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, like, I watch TV. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's so many shows. You got Underground. You got Lucha Underground. You got, you know, New Japan, which looks awesome on TV. Oh, yeah. Because I worked for New Japan. I mean, that was my first job after, I mean, once I got out of North Carolina, yeah, I just felt single. I mean, New Japan was coming down stalking us, man. They wanted us. You know, and, and we were like, great. You know, this is awesome. You know, we had, we, like I said, we had... For for us to have an option to go to WWE or go to Japan, that was our option. Many guys didn't even have an option, you know, and we picked go to Japan, and it worked out better. I mean, you go 20, 30, you, go, you have 25 tours a year, you know, so if you go away for two weeks, you're home for a month. You know, I thought that was the better, you know, to me and my partner, it was like, and then when we're home, we'll work for ECW. We couldn't go wrong. We still get a little TV exposure. It's just tough working 300 days a year on the road. And I'm not saying, you know, working in North Carolina was easy. We worked six nights a week. Our only day off was Sunday night. We worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We worked every single night in different towns. So, I mean, that's how we got, you know, we figured that's the place to get our experience, you know. And and that's uh, obviously you work in the Carolinas. You're working with some of the best that have ever come through the business. And that's a great great building block for what you do now how long were you in north carolina and when did the north carolina run end i would say we were down for down here three years maybe four okay because the hardy boys came in there after we did the hardy boys came down there and got they were in where we were after we left and the nasty boys were there because and then they were they were gonna they just wanted to bring us in, but we said no, so they took the nasty. That was one of our spots. Another time we were supposed to go, they took uh, the uh, headbangers instead because we were in Japan. Right. So it just worked out that way, you know. And uh, shit, I mean, uh, like I said, we it was just a better suited for us anyway. Right. And now getting from North Carolina to probably what I consider the meat and potatoes of your career. You go to ECW. When was the first time you Eastern went to at the time championship wrestling? Eastern by the way, championship everybody wrestling. says extreme championship wrestling. I got to say, ECW to me is the hardest working wrestlers in wrestling today. If you ever, Amen. I, I, everybody says, why do you love ECW so much, man, dude? You guys worked your ass off. Not only that, Mike, everybody walked away from the fucking ring bleeding. Mike, and, and on top of that, it looked and felt. Real. real, real, real. You questioned it. So, going back to my question, when was your first foray into ECW? How did you get in? And obviously, Paul E was uh, part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you're talking about when I went back to Eastern Championship Wrestling. I was talking about um, you came out of the Carolinas. Did you go straight to ECW, or was there something else in between? Uh. Well, after North Carolina, we were doing Japan, and then with Japan, we just said, uh, well, my first tour ended up getting a knee injury anyway, which sucked. 
But we were going back and forth to Japan, and then we said, Aunt went to Germany for a little while because I was down, and I had to recover. So after the year I recovered, I uh, went back to ECW. So after North Carolina, we went, went back to ECW at the time. Okay. And when, when you went into ECW, what year was that? Uh, when we were first in ECW, that was around, honestly, when I first got in the business. Wow. That was like, like 88. We were there when it was Tri-State. Tri-State, thank you. Okay, with Joel Goodhart. Yeah. Yes, yes. With Joel Goodhart and uh, God is Todd, Todd Gordon. They ran the business. Okay. Now, you in the 90s, and I, I, I wow. Again, I'm going to get... I'm I mean, put, get... put it this way. Put it this way. We worked the mat. We worked the show at a big arena in Philadelphia, where it was still tri-state. And uh, on the show, we had uh, Nature Boy, Ric Flair. We had uh, Abdul the Butcher, Playboy Buddy Rhodes. I mean, we had a lot of guys on that show. And Sandman was in the audience watching the show. He wasn't even in the business yet. And I remember we had this huge. Battle Royal before it was like the first match, and it was like all weapons, like all the weapons goes. I mean, it's twenty guys in the ring, you know, and you kill each other, you throw them over the top rope. But you know, it's a battle royal. That's how it was. And I remember uh, me and Anthony were the last two left out of everybody, and uh, my partner flipped right over the top rope. I won the match. Uh, we walked out. I'm walking down. And who do I see? Sandman. He comes up to me. Well, he wasn't called Sam. He was just James Fullington. That's his name. So, James, you know, Hack. I call him Hack. He's my boy. So, Hack's like, yo, man, I want to get in this shit, man. How do you get in this, you know, how do you get in this business? And I'm like, well, you got to go to school. I said, so, you know, give uh, Joel Goodhart a call. At the time, I wasn't, you know, I just got done to have a match, you know, so I'm not even thinking. I said, Joel's, you know, he runs this company, so I think he has a school. I said, give him a shout. And by, by then, I went to North Carolina right after that, you know, that time period. When I got back and went, get back, went back into ECW, uh, it was extreme. It wasn't extreme. It was still Eastern. It went from Tri-State to Eastern, and uh, Sam was there. You know what I mean? He was doing the gimmick with the rubber suit and shit like that. And uh, I remember working Hack, and we had a crazy match. And I remember... You like Hack was still green in the business, but he was already in ECW because he went to the you know school and he was you know his Todd's friend and you know he got in and you know he was doing his gimmick. And I remember I'm not gonna lie, man, he fucking stepped the shit out of me. So I remember I looked at him and said, "Yo, you got a receipt coming." This is doing the match, please. As you're talking down there, and he looked at me and he goes, "What's your receipt?" I said, "You'll find out." <laughs> <laughs> so. It was a quick snap there, and an Arn Anderson needed a chin. Wow. Uh, we gave him his receipt, and in the back, he came in the back, and I'm not going to lie, Hack was fucking pissed. Hack's like, what the fuck? Motherfucker, you don't want to throw a fucking jaw and shit. And I'm like, <laughs> well, that was my intention. <laughs> I, I, go, I go, and he was like, what the fuck, fuck is receipt thing? I said, that was the receipt. If he's going to stiff yeah. you and he's going to give you a potato, it, you I give him a potato it. in return, correct? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. All Plus, right. I, I remember Pitbull's worked strong style because we were from Japan. Mostly. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. You know what I mean? So we took that strong style with us in the ECW when we came back. 
I mean, come on, guys. I was there how many months before I had the television championship? Mm -hmm. I had 20 minutes on that show every week. I mean, hell, you were the first 3PW world champion. Which, in case anybody doesn't know out there, is the propane pro wrestling champion. You were the first one to ever hold their world world heavyweight championship. That's fucking. That's, yeah, yeah. That, and legit. Guess how many matches I had at work the week to win that night. That that was going to be my next question because I think that's really one of the biggest things. Is I mean, a lot of people say they do this, they do that. You were the first world champion. Of the propane pro wrestling championship. I mean, when when anybody looks at the history of that organization, your name is right there as the world champion first ever. So, what did you have to do to get there? And, and still, honestly, how does that feel? I had to beat three guys in one night to win that belt, and one was Joey Matthews. The other one was his partner. I'm trying to think who. You got me too. I'm trying to think of it too. It might have been Raven. It might have been Raven. I mean, I worked. I worked Kevin Sullivan. I worked. We brought Snooker back. That's we nice. brought a lot of guys back in three PW that I worked against. I don't even remember. I mean, I ended up tagging up with with Doctor Death. You know. Wow. And, you know, I, like that, that's what I mean. People don't get it, dude. You know when they. Well, they look at me and they like think, oh, no, he's just another boy. That's trying. He's an older guy, still hanging around in the business. But I can still outwork a twenty-two-year-old with my eyes fucking closed. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's and that's I'm why like, I brought this up. You don't even, yeah. I mean, I look at him and say, you don't even know who the fuck I've been in the ring with, motherfucker. <laughs> I've been in the ring with guys that you'd be fucking scared to be in the ring with. Exactly. I mean, I would go in the ring with the barbarian and warlord. Back then, we were young, man. We're fucking 320-pound guys with ass. Yeah. You know, they were monsters. We were young. They're like, you know. That's why I said I, I love Wikipedia, just because, like I said, the, the people you went up against, the names that you have went up against, I mean, if you just went on that alone, man, it's a, hall of, it's a Hall of Fame uh, Exactly. List. You should have a fucking Hall of Fame membership just because of the fact that the people you went up against. My God, man. There's nobody that you haven't touched in this fucking business that isn't known. Seriously. I appreciate it. It's true. But that's why I look at these kids. Because my, one of my boys that I trained uh, back in the day, he was called uh, the highlight reel. Really, really. He's in the acting and stuff like that now. But I mean, he even told me, like, yeah, you gotta remember, man, these kids, they don't, they don't even look up and know what you do. You know, they just go to the shows and they're, they're just, you know, they're working for $50. And, yeah. you know, they go in there and they do high spots. Well, we you know what I mean? That's all they do is high spots. You know, they get right back up. I mean, at least I watch some stuff on television, you know, and I'm like, you know, some guys don't even sell anymore. Like, where's the art of selling? I'll exactly. give you an example. So Fuck yeah. I'll give you a couple of examples. You got Ric Flair versus the Macho Man Randy Savage. Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat versus Macho Man Savage. I mean, they're hour-minute matches. You know what I'm saying? I always tell these kids today, look at the old-school stuff. There's, there's moves back then nobody even uses now. You know, right. you always do right. these high spots. I mean, I watch some matches on television, and I'm like, I just saw three finishes in one match. <laughs> the guy, the guy didn't even sell it. Like, you know what I mean? It, it blows my mind, man. 
that might be one of the things that brought me away from the business a few years ago. And I give credit to my partner over here across the table. He's trying to get me back into it is that it seems to me that the art of storytelling has been lost going back to your career. And if you can kind of parallel it to today, what do you think the business needs today to get back into the storytelling business? Uh, the angles. I mean, I would run against Public Enemy for the year. Public Enemy won Tag Team of the Year. Guess how many months out of that year they wrestled the Pitbulls? Seven. Eleven out of twelve. Seven. We were about nine to ten. Okay. <laughs> I was closer. I okay. went. So that puts the Pitbulls in number two in Best Tag Team of the Year that year, I feel. If they turned into one, Fuck what, yeah. what would we be to no, you guys, you, you guys, as far as a tag team, I, I, and, and I've, we're going to put out those links because I actually watched a lot of old matches on you. I love YouTube for the fact that you could bring up a lot of these matches. You guys, I'll tell you what, as far as a tag team, you guys just clicked, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we were the Bruise Brothers. The Super Bomb. Like, Listen, you know your Super Bomb, Thank your you. Super Bomb is the best in the business. Period. Who came up with the super bomb? Uh, here's how it came up. I'll be perfectly honest with you. We were in Japan, and I was doing 45 minute matches with Justin Thunderlager. Wow! In okay? single matches, and some nights they put us in singles, some nights they put us in tag matches. I mean, we worked against Hase Sasaki at the fucking Tokyo Dome in front of 65,000 people. Did you know? What I mean, people don't even fucking know that. You know what I mean? They have no clue. So. Back to the questions. Repeat that question again. Who came up with the super bomb? Uh, when we were in Japan, we were trying to come up with a finish, and we were doing super bomb, and we were doing shit like that, and we needed a move that also had a counter to that move. So when we go to put the super bomb on somebody, we gotta give them a chance to, you know, re, you know, escape from it if they had to. Only one way to do it. I love and how you break it down. Frankensteiner from the top rope. So Justin Lager, you know, was like, oh, man, do that super bomb, and it upsets you off guard. I'll give you a fucking Clintonsteiner from it, which is the escape to get out of the super bomb. There's only one. So he helped us come up with that finish, and we made that finish into our finish. And also, we were the first tag team to ever put a woman. A yes, woman, I period, remember. A woman, period. Through a table. Oh was that? Was that? So the, listen, listen. Was, so the Dudleys, the could have as many belts as they want, because I would have had just as many or probably double that if I got in the Vince's office at eighteen or twenty, like I was supposed to, but I didn't want to at the time. So I mean, I mean, I used to have Jim Cornette tell me when I was at the Vince's office, say, "Don't use your finish. Why not? Because it's going to get over." And the pit bulls are going to rock. You're going to put us against the hearts. You're going to put us against the bulldogs. And we're going to fucking pull tear shit there. People don't know I wrestled the Guerrero brothers. And my first tour was against the British bulldogs in New Zealand. We went, we went over to New Zealand. Uh, King Curtis, all them guys are my boys. And uh, Don Morocco and Larry Shrush set the whole tour up. And we went there and sold out the Olympic Stadium in front of 55,000 people. And we wrestled them for about two weeks to work. And went back again the second time against the Guerreros, which are Eddie's dad, and it was Ray Mysterio's father. They were a tag team. 
So I got the rest. So maybe I got, I got the word red. You see what I'm saying? People have no Absolutely. clue. Absolutely. You know, I did the bushwhackers in New Zealand in front of 55,000 people. That's what I'm saying. The, the list goes on and on, bro. The list goes on and on of the people that you have touched. And and the technical – now, listen, I, I, I actually wanted to save this question, but I got to ask you because you do. You bring out the technical – the technicality in wrestling is there. Like, you know your job, my friend, and you know it better. That's and a great point. I want to bring this up because – Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. favorite of mine. No, exactly. No, you bring out the point of the job that I think a lot of people don't realize. So can I ask you this one question? In the 90s, there was a show called Wrestling Secrets Exposed. Were you one of the masked wrestlers? Yes. Oh, I you got it. it. I knew you were. I oh, knew it. Man. I knew it. Yes. I didn't think you were. Good job by you, Gary. Listen, that show was, was that the fourth time that show was made. Yes. It was just made differently. I mean, come on. Harley Race was there. Yes, he was. I remember. <laughs> yes. When they, when they had Are the... You uh... tell, I mean, people, like some people were giving me shit about it. I told him, fuck you. If you Harley Race is good enough to do it, why not Gary Wolf? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm Dude, saying. I'm, I'm hanging by the pool at Hollywood Studios, uh, Ramada Inn, or Ramada, I don't know, it was one of the big-ass hotels. And MTV Music Awards were there the same week we were. I'm hanging by the pool, and these guys who work for MTV are setting up the fucking after party. Who gets to go to the after party? Every one of them guys that did that show because I fucking got them tickets. <laughs> because what are you guys doing at Tennis? So we're doing a wrestling gimmick. See, I went to Vince the week before I went out to California to do that. And they put us against the headbangers. And I don't know what the fuck happened. Because I told them, I said, well, we're free. Let me come in and do a dark match. I'm like, really? Another dark match? You already wanted to bring us in higher when I was 18. I mean, come on. What's, what's the difference? You know, you want to fuck with us. So I, I called them up and said, look, you know, I got to call the girl Hollywood and do this gimmick. I need the money. I mean, this is what I do for a living. If you want to bring me in, be honest with me. I mean, I've been dealing with these guys. I, I even when I was in North Carolina, we'd go to every end of NWA show and talk to Magnum and say, bring us in, bring us in. He's like, you're too young, you're too young. I'm like, all right, no problem. We'll wait, we'll wait. You know, but that's what they don't get. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's nuts. Wow. Listen, really, I, I know this could dra- this question could drag on for easily three <laughs> hours, but I, I want you to kind of compress it as best you can. It's a two-part question. What was it like working for Paul E., and did you have payment problems from Paul E., because the big rumor and the big thing to do in the business is a lot of guys had checks bounced from Paul in the days of ECW? Uh well, we're gonna, the first question we're going to get for Paul is great because the guy's been in the business for a long time and you can't take nothing from him because I always called him like the chemist, the mastermind. You know, he was the mastermind behind the mind. Oh, he's he's got, yeah. You know, and he got, he got a company from a bingo hall, but the guys worked their asses off. I mean, all you had to do was go in a locker room and it was like no other locker room. And you would understand how we were. Everybody would sit in front of that monitor and try to outdo everybody else. And because we were all trying to get the same thing done. And what Paul did was get us a pay-per-view and, and got us where we had to be. In my part of business with Paulie, I never had a problem with bounce checks. 
Uh, matter of fact, toward the end of my you know, run with them, you know, we were going to WCW at the time. Uh, he would pay me for the pay-per-views ahead of time. I didn't have to wait the 90 days for the, you know, the price to come in, for the buyers to come in to get my money. That night, he'd pay me for my work. We had an agreement between us and the Pitbulls. And uh, Paul, that we decided, look, I don't want to wait for my money. I'd rather just give in my cash now tonight. And that's how we did business. And he never, he never fought to me, so I can't say anything bad about it. Okay, and he has been he has been recognized as, and I quote many wrestlers as saying this, the evil genius of professional wrestling, and it certainly showed in the product and in the work that you guys did because you guys believed in the product. Yeah, we we well we wanted it just fell into our hands at the time. To be honest with you, we didn't realize that we were going to have such a big following that we got. I mean, because nobody was doing what we were doing. I mean, we actually. Put this way, we brought FMW and Wings and Zero One to fucking America, pretty much. That's you know how that's how Masato Tanaka came in, correct? Yeah, I mean, you might as well say New Japan and Japan style. Period. We, we, ECW. I mean, look at all those guys on that roster. I mean, half that locker room was already going to Japan before anybody else. I mean, that's when Stan Hansen was there. You know, and all Invader and Bigelow and guy, you know, big names like that that were dominating Japan. I, was, I mean, I was in Japan one night and we were at the Tokyo Dome. I remember Hulk Hogan came in and I met Hogan when I was 18. I'll, go, I'll tell you about that story later, but he, he made $800,000 that one night. Wow. So, I mean, that's some crazy shit. That is. That kind of money match, That's ridiculous. I mean? Not not to go off topic, but obviously this week Hulk Hogan's been in the news a lot. What do you have to say about that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen, I mean, I have all kind of, all my all skin color. You know what I mean? It doesn't make a difference to me what comes out of people's mouth. You know right, what I mean? Right. It depends how you talk about it and how you say it. You know what I'm saying? I feel what happened to Hogan, it's an old, old fucking thing. It's what, from 2012 or how old is it? Uh, I think it was 2009 that the tape was made and it just no, came. No, 2005, 2005. Was it five? Yes. I'm pretty sure it's right, cool. Now you're talking Nine? 2005. Executive producer, I mean, any focus is just throwing out. Saying eight. Okay, regardless. 2008. I thought it was 2005. You say 2012. It's 2008. Okay. It's in the 2000s. It's in it. 2000s, but go All ahead. Right. Now, if you're gonna if you're gonna fire somebody for using a racial slur, you know it's in the business. You better get ready because half the locker room's gone. They could fi- Vince McMahon could fire <laughs> no, himself agree. for using the term "What's up, my nigga?" to John Cena in 2008 with Booker T standing right there. Is Vince McMahon gonna Yo, fire himself? Listen, well, you, you no, can- Booker T. Booker T said it right on live television. Nineteen ninety-five. That's one of my favorite <laughs> clips ever. Every single yeah. one of us, listen, every single one of us, if you guys remember, in the 98s, the Nation of Domination made you all stand up and become part of the Nation of Domination. So, I mean, we're all, at this point, we're, we're all brothers, man. If you, if you were there for that yeah. one. If you were there for that one, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, and I feel, I feel what they should do is, I mean, come on, Hulk Hogan, you know, people today don't understand it, especially the young guys. If it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, 
these kids and these guys that are working for WWF right now, WA, whatever, they wouldn't be making the money they're making. You exactly. That? Exa- no, 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 I mean, exactly. Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan changed professional wrestling just like ECW did as far as making it hardcore and having them guys have to step up to where Hogan made it to where they can make millions of dollars. H- Hogan, Hogan made wrestling mainstream. Hogan made wrestling a kitchen. Like you could bring up wrestling at, at, at any Thanksgiving dinner and people would understand what you were talking about. It's a water cooler. It's a water cooler show. Fuck people yeah. are going to go talk every day at people at the office and they're sitting at the water coolers. Just like that's what they call it. And, and they talk about games. You see that wrestling? Exactly. Exactly. And no matter what, I mean, if you throw Hulk Hogan's name on anything, it's going to sell. Let's be honest. I mean, it's, you know, it's straight out there. I mean, I personally think they should give him a chance. You know what I mean? Oh, no, I, I mean, agree. It happened, it happened so long ago. You know, if you want to, if you want to, like, make people think, Vince, that you I think, really care. I think. You know, he's just doing it to take the heat off himself. Right. Come on. I, I, I'm, I'm going to, and you know, I'm throwing my little podcast out in the river and on this one. I'm going to say Hulk Hogan is bigger than Vince McMahon, and that's what scares Vince McMahon at this point. That's how it's always been, brother. I mean, if you, and I'll give you examples. You got Stone Cold Steve Austin. Fuck you yeah. You got The Rock. You got John Cena. Okay, I'll put his name into it because, because he got over. You see what I'm saying? John, remember The Rock before he, be, he became The Rock? He was, he was the nation of domination. He no, was the Rocky Maivia. Yeah, Rocky Maivia came and, out with this little feather thing, and his finisher was what? The over-the-head the suplex? Breaker, yeah. Some stupid with shit. With the pineapple haircut. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dude, nobody bought it. Nobody bought it. We looked at that thing, and we were like, who the fuck is this? Wait. Your father wrestled, so that means we should respect you? No. Show us something. Come up like Barry Windham did. Show us something. Yeah, well, he did, okay? <laughs> no, no, he did. He did. He that's gave us some happened, coin right? phrases. What happens is, you know, the guys get so over, it's out of Vince's hands. Out yes. of his control. And Vince does not like to be out of control. He wants to be able to control you. You can see and that. And what happens is, they eat like Stone Cold and these guys get over so bad and over so big that he has to give them what they want and that's all there is to it. Do you feel, <laughs> do you feel yourself that that is exactly what happened with Daniel Bryan in the last few years? Oh, yeah. He, come on, man. He's a, he's a good worker, dude. You cannot say he's not. Okay? Absolutely. And he's got the people. He's got the people. I mean, he's got the people, dude. Dude, you think okay. so? The hey. guy, the guy looks like a goat. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, I'm not even joking. That goat face was the best T-shirt they ever came out with. I mean, the guy is fantastic. Oh, well, he's, got the, he's fantastic. He's a great wrestler. Mike, he's got the pedigree behind him. He was trained by one of the he's best a great the most, wrestler, Shawn Michaels. Yes, he comes up. He's doing his thing, and the people his smile to it. His smile, exactly. When, I mean, the guy. He's got it. He's got it. You know, he might have even worked in my, in Philadelphia at the time too before he went up that up, up that way. Really? I think, I think he was working for either Combat Zone or or uh, maybe a Ring of Honor. I know he was or, ring. I know he did Ring of Honor because I went down in two thousand four to their uh, anniversary show. It was called At Their Best, and he lit up the show like nobody's business. 
Was that at the arena? Uh, no, that was in uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey, as a matter of fact, the Rexplex. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah I, I, I met him a couple of times when he was younger, but, but at the point, like the point you were making, he was one of them guys. That would go out and the whole crowd chanting, yes, 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 exactly. And in the back, Vince is going, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, I mean, yeah, he's making me money, but I've got to pay him more money. And that's what happens. So I feel about Vince's fire and Hulk Hogan, but how can he, I mean, honestly, you can't, you're going to erase every single thing that Hulk Hogan done for this. You can't. You can't. Here's my point. You can't do it. On on that on that notion, here's my point: is Hogan makes a couple of comments off the cuff. They're racist, whatever. I wasn't there. I can't really comment. Everybody on Everybody fucking does it. Martha fucking wait, Stewart wait, wait, wait. did yeah, it. Right. Come on. Listen, here's my point on Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan made a few comments that are off color. He, if he apologizes, if he does this, if he does that, he can still be part of that tough enough. He can still be part of the company. Chris Benoit killed a motherfucker, and he's still shown on the network. Killed his whole fucking family. Still shown on Come the on. network. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to diss what Chris did in the ring. What I want to say is. What Hulk did was not to the same intensity and culpability as Chris Benoit. Well. Yeah, no shit. As far as the Chris thing, I don't think he did it. That's my, really? That's my, Tell me more, please. <laughs> I don't think it. I don't yeah, think you it can't open up that shit. shell, dude. That, no, that, that can't, no. That can't you can't say something like that because of. let me tell you. Chris Benoit, in my eyes, and I get a lot of fucking shit to this to this day, that I respect that motherfucker. I do. And I do feel like he got a bum rap. So please, please, Pitbull, number one, alpha male, please clarify this for me. Well, I'll put it this way. I've been on the road with Chris, and I've seen Chris, and I'm friends with, I was friends with him. His family was everything there. In okay. my eyes, because that's what I saw. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Even before he married Nancy, and, you know, I was on the road with him before he got married. I mean, he was, you know, he, he saved his money, wasn't, and he can't outwork any motherfucker out there, okay? One Absolutely. of the guys that can do that. Okay, so I, I can't, I mean, I think he, he would not do that. You know what I mean? And there's so many different bullshit stories being told, and, I don't know the whole truth. All I know is what boys told me. You know, I mean, he's texting somebody while he's supposed to be dead. His phone was being used. I mean, what's going on here? I mean, the gate was open. Uh, either he hung himself or he didn't hang himself. Or I don't know. Nobody knows what fucking happened. All I know is people were getting texts when he was supposed to already been passed away. So something doesn't make sense. Thank you. And wasn't at that time... He was over like fucking Robert. Oh yeah, yeah. He was. He was like that's. That was my point. Was he was huge in the WWE at that point. You couldn't stop the Wolverine. He was. He was plugged that weekend to take the revamped. I I, I dare not say ECW in the original form. Uh, The revamped ECW title that weekend. Right. Right. I wish he. I wish he was still here because things would be a lot different if he ramped it. If he revamped the ECW program. That would have been listen, the guy to do it. Listen, I, and I'm not. I'm not trying to say anything silly either. But if, if you're talking about the Wolverine being here and the late great Eddie Guerrero being around to this day, would we still be on the same path we're going to? Probably not. 
because I think these these two gentlemen are gentlemen that spoke out for a lot of you hard workers. I mean, seriously, Wolf, you you worked your ass, dude. You have names, 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 and and I'm gonna bring up my next question because this has been eating at me all day long. All right, ninety six. You had your your neck broken. Everybody knows this by Shane Douglas. Now, recently he was on a show, and he said, and this this especially now that I'm I'm like an hour into my interview with you, and and I gotta say I'm I I am I am like on a level with you that I didn't think I was gonna be on before we even had this fucking interview. I think this is bullshit. He is quoted as saying, "He gave you advice on how to take that move." No, oh, the That's laughter he, the laughter makes it all No, absolutely. Absolutely. He is quoted as saying that. And and I got to say this, I do. I am going to say to the, my listeners right now, that's bullshit. Amen. Because I know how hard of a worker you are. What the fuck happened? All right, this is what happened. So I had blown my bicep. Uh, I'm probably saying six weeks, not even before that happened. The, and my bicep was still, you know, weak. I was just going to rehab and shit. Uh, at the time, you know, we called the spot. I was doing a run-in. And he was supposed to do a move. Uh, I was planning on taking it the way I'm supposed to take it. And to be honest with you, the match he had was so violent and so intense that he got knocked out twice during the match. Wow. So by the time I did my run-in, in his mind, he's thinking he's giving me a DDT when he was supposed to give me a shoulder breaker. So There's a big I difference took, between those two moves, Gary, if you don't mind me saying. Yeah. A DDT and a yeah. shoulder breaker? Yeah. So I went to take the shoulder breaker bump, which is a face bump. But his elbow was forcing my chin to my chest. So I landed in my... And since, and since I didn't take... I was taking a chest and belly bump... I didn't put my knee up like I would if I was taking a DDT. You know, I just had my right arm because he had my left arm. And I, my left, my right arm wasn't strong enough to stop, you know, the force. Because I didn't realize until on my way down, I'm like, what the fuck? I can't lift my chin up. Because I was supposed to just take a face bump. He thought in his mind he was giving me a DDT, which he did give me. And it went, da da crack. And I felt it break. Rolled over, I was knocked the fuck out. I always saw it was white, but I could still hear the crowd. So I just weighed there and I moved my toes, I moved my fingers, and I thought I was okay. I thought I just jammed my neck. I never just, I never had that done to me before, so I never felt it, so I didn't know what happened. And I figured if I broke my neck, I'd be dead. You know, I, who knows? Yeah, yeah. So I rolled out and I went in the back, and the wild Samoans happened to be there that night. And uh, they were cranking on my neck, and, you know, thank God I didn't do anything, you know, because I'd be dead. And uh, that happened Saturday night, and then Monday I found out my neck was broke. I didn't know. That's why I went to my chiropractor. I know. And then I, they put me in the hospital and I put the halo that. on me. And I had met you, and you won't remember this because I was a skinny, retarded-looking kid back in the day. I'm not as good-looking as I am now. I had met you, and you had the halo on your neck at the ECW arena, and you were you were still in pain. I could see it in your eyes. Your face was white as a ghost, 
And how long did you have to recoup from that injury? Well, the halo was only for six weeks because I just broke the bones so on Lucky. And then uh, what happened after that was I, uh, you know, well, the first, I was scared because the first night, you know, I was like, I, I asked the doc that met the day after they looked at my x rays and shit. I had 10 doctors come in my room because they couldn't figure out why I was still alive. Uh, and he told me, uh, you know, it's a bone broke. I mean, you know, six weeks. I said, well, can I wrestle? Uh, am I going to be able to wrestle again? That was my first question. Right. Wow. And he's like, yeah, I would say so. You know, just make sure it heals up. So he said six months. I waited eight months. In the meantime, I started, you know, I was getting DH. And I remember going to Ty Gordon and, uh, you know, Paul Heyman. And I said, let's, let's do an angle. You know, I'm, I'm he broke my neck, for God's sake. Let's take advantage of it. Uh, yeah. and, uh, at that point, <laughs> yes. I don't know what they were doing with Shane. But, I mean, if you think about it, I made Shane the biggest heel in ECW ever. I, I no, no, I, I was going to say that that was one of my other questions because that was such a huge angle that ECW got incredible ratings. Hot. Number one, Hot. A, a tribute to you for, I mean, you break your neck, you go in the back. I, I remember reading the story, and I'm not going to lie, dude. I cringed. I cringed when I read this story because you had people tweaking your neck. Like at any moment. And I want people to understand this. At any moment, you could have twisted to the left or to the right the wrong way, and you were dead. That's a great point because you're I remember, you're dead. I'm not even having this interview with you. I'm you know? rem- I remember being at the ECW arena a few weeks after this happened, and Gary's out there with the halo. And I don't know, Gary, how long into your convalescence this was, but Douglas grabbed you by the halo and wrenched you around like you now were that, a rag doll. At that point, oh he my. Was- God, I no, wanted to was, get up out of my seat. I was going to say somebody. that was huge. That was huge because that was huge ratings for them. That right there was the biggest talk in ECW. Yes, exactly. Well, well, that one, and when Rick Rude brought me back, and I whooped Shane's ass in the ring. Yeah, but when he threw me to the ground, I remember Shane. The people jumped to guard him. Oh, they get, yeah, they wanted to be his ass. Says, they wanted to kill him. I was 18 rows back, and I wanted to kick they Shane They wanted to kill ass. him. They wanted to kill him. Shane will tell you, and I'm sure you've heard interviews, he thought he was stabbed or shot. He didn't know. He ran out of that building with Francine, jumped in their car, and he was checking his body because he thought he was stabbed or shot. I had heard I that mean, story, it yes. It was insane. And then they had to bring me back to the hospital, and they had to re-crank it back in my skull yeah. because he fucking fucked it up. But... I came back. I was okay. gonna say, um, how much how much hatred really was aimed towards Shane when you did finally get that rematch and you were able to actually get your fucking hands on him. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I, I looked his ass all around. Oh, I know. I saw. I saw the match. I saw the match. Was that my? I guess my question should be, how much of that was real aggression? I'm not disagreeing. I, I had my lawyers calling my banging on my door 
are you crazy? Are you crazy? And I'm like, no, I love the business and I'm going to come back and I'm going to do better. And it was able to bring me by myself again as a single. And it got a chance for my partner to get the television title. So, I mean, out of that whole company, the only tag team there that had, not only did we have the titles, we also had the TV titles apiece. So I don't know any tag teams that could do that and handle a show for 20 minutes. Exactly. Yeah, that's the whole idea. We're here with Gary Wolf, Pitbull number one. And Gary, going into the second part of the interview, I want to ask you, while you were out, your partner, Anthony Durante, Pitbull number two, had a really great set of classic matches, not only with Raven, but with Chris Jericho. What do you remember from those matches? He had a great match with Jericho. It was awesome. They took up an entire well, they took up an entire one hour ECW hardcore television program with just that match. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And to be honest with you, we were okay because you gotta remember Jericho was one of the guys that used to go to Japan with us. So he was our boy, you know, so it worked out good because we were with our Japan guys and we could put that kind of match on in that arena that, that WWE has never seen before. You know what I mean? And say, oh, shit, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Why, well, why think about it? Why would Vince want to buy ECW? He wasn't threatened by it. Do you feel that, and this is this is why you were one of my favorite tag teams, is that you guys were big, you were muscular, you were brutish, but you also had a technical skill that whether you worked with Raven or Stevie or the Eliminators or whomever, you were able to adapt to their style do you feel you got a bad rap because you were big and brutish looking? No, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you answered my, the question perfect. I mean, we were able to adapt to everybody. I mean, I remember when we were in Australia for uh, hardcore championship wrestling, I mean, we were down there with the headhunters, those big boys that do moonfalls. Yeah. You know, the Bruise Brothers, who were six, seven, six, eight, six, nine. You know, uh, the Wild Samoans, you know, who had the belts. The Pitbulls. You know, every company we were in, no matter where we were at, even NWA, we had the straps. You know, down south, we had the belts. They had to put the belts on us. I mean, no matter where we were, eventually we got the strap. I mean, I remember when I was working for Paul and my partner wasn't even back yet. You know, he's like, I want to put the TV strap on. I'm like, nah. And he just looked at me, I go, you fucking nuts. And I'm like, nah, I really don't want it because I want to do a tag team when my partner comes back from Germany. He's like, well, I don't know, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I don't want the title. And he's just looking at me like, you're almost nuts. So he's like, all right, how about this? Take the title, run with it, let's see what happens, and then when your partner's ready to come back, we'll do something. And I said, okay, you got a deal. And it will just work out that way. Well, that's cool. Now, sometime in that general area, 97-ish, 98-ish, an unfortunate incident occurred, and you and Anthony were arrested. Can you expand a little bit on that? Some punk-ass kid, who he knows his name, got popped with a quarter ounce of pot. And, and the cops made him so scared, he didn't know what to do. Come to find out, he was a friend of a friend who knew me, and he fucking blamed it on me. When they came to my house, they didn't find anything. They arrested me and my partner on this guy's this junkie, what he had to, what he, what they found on him. They didn't have nothing on me. They investigated us for, for nine days and had nothing. 
You know, when they came to my house and saw, they found nothing. You know, I was commit, I was getting charged federally because I lived near a school for something I didn't even do there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was a joke. It was like it took them two years to come and arrest me. That's how long it took. It was something I did in 1996, 97 that they came and arrested me for. It took two years. It was a joke. You know, if somebody wanted to be popular, some douchebag cop who was a pussy in school, whose dad was in charge of the township, thought he'd make a name for himself. To be honest with you, I probably fucked his wife or his girlfriend, <laughs> and he's pissed off about it. You know what I mean? And, and that's what happened. Here to fuck your wife. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't, he didn't get famous. You know, he didn't get famous for doing what he did to us. All he did was fuck us. You know, he didn't get nothing out of it. You know, he was, like I said, he's a loser. And I just said, that's how it happened. And I didn't go to jail. I got three years probation, a slap on the wrist, something to do with a pound of pot. Pot's legal now. Exactly. I want to take that shit to court and be like, fuck you. Bitches. Right. Now, I want to go back to that because at the time, with the dirt sheets and the Internet, and I'm going to ask you about the Internet later, the 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 popular the popular thing was the news story if you could call it news was that the pit bulls were busted not only for marijuana but for distribution of steroids and i i don't know if i bought it then i don't know if i buy it now 20 years later what's the real story i don't i don't have to sell steroids i'm i'm grandfathered in if i want beautiful steroids i go to a doctor <laughs> I mean, I had put it this way. I had my own. I, I was. I'm not gonna bullshit here, but I mean, I, I take testosterone. I mean, come on, who does? You know what I'm saying? And regardless, regardless, when they came to my house, they took all my stuff, didn't even charge me for it, and the cops kept it. So you tell me what happened. Exactly. You know what I'm I was gonna say, listen. What? what uh, I, I'm 40. What, what? What's your age, sir? I'm 48 years old. See, okay. Exactly. I, I myself am taking a little testosterone on the side. Because when you are 40 years old, that shit starts dropping off like Donkey Kong. It really does. So if you want to take that little thing on the side, that's what you're going to do, you know? Yo, it's been... Dude, when you're 35 years old, you should get your test level checked. It happens in all men. You know what I mean? People don't realize it's like... You have to remember, I'm not a guy that... Takes a shot of test and sits on my ass. Exactly. I do it and work my ass off. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, I do stuff. I do like CrossFit and I do like MMA. I mix lifting weights like Arnold, CrossFit, and MMA, and I mix it all together. That's my workout. That's what I do. And people don't realize when we get to the age that we're at, you got to kind of work a little bit harder. Just a little bit harder to get rid of that beer that we like so much, right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Brother, I just started jogging every other day. So there nice. you have it. <laughs> going, going back to that, the the arrest happens, and I, I noticed relatively quickly you were gone from ECW. Um, Two-part question. What happened next, and was that a hamperment in getting you another job with another company? Uh, at the time, honestly, we were talking to ECW, and uh, we gave uh, Paul our our two-week notice that she wasn't too fond of. We were the last guy to leave, pretty much. Wow. I mean, I could have left with, I could have left with Public Enemy. I could have left with Dima Linko. And, uh, 
Eddie, I could have left with Waven. I could have been in the flock. Yeah, I mean, so I'm really? I don't know. I don't. I don't see Pitbull in the flock. I, no, I man. could. I, at that time in WCW, I could I mean, see. I like. The I like Perry flock. Saturn. I do like Perry Saturn. I mean, we like I said. I mean, if we could have been with Perry and them and did that, but we stayed with CW at the time because we didn't want to fuck them, you know. And we right. stayed there no longer. I mean, it just and, goes right back know, to the way that you work. I mean, like I said earlier. Well, we were just loyal to. You know, we were just like, look, we need to go. We're giving you a few weeks. They were called us up, so we're talking. And that's when we did the show live, and uh, they were ha- we had the angle go with Anthony versus Taz, you know, and Taz was saying, you know, you can't, you know, you can destroy us. And that's when I cut that live promo right there in the arena. You know, Paul didn't know I was going to do that. You know, I told the people straight up, fuck you. I said, one well, of you motherfuckers are probably the ones that called the cops and set us up. <laughs> Rat fuckers. And I said, I said, for you, Taz, you midget. Said, wow. you Fuck yes. I said, if yes. You, I said, yes. If, you, if you remember in 1994, Taz, you were the maniac, And I whooped your ass in the center of the ring one two, three. I love it. I don't it. want to hear shit out I of I love you. it. I and am. I remember it. And that was a shoot promo that I just cut on the take. I went in the back, Paul's jaw was on the ground, and everybody was freaked the fuck out. Wow. But it was true, and it got the people pumped. They got Taz so fucking pissed he couldn't do nothing about it. That's awesome. I am I am the number one advocate Taz hater. Really? I, I'm, I'm going to tell fan. you what I fucking, he forgets where he came from. And this is what pisses me off right. about him. I'm gonna, he forgets go ahead, go ahead. where the fuck he came from. And when he's on the WWE and he's doing that whole fucking thing when he was the announcer, ah, I was doing this back in the day. No, dude. Shut your mouth. Let me, you got to remember where you fucking came from. Let me, let me throw my part out. I, in, in Mike, you know this, and Gary, just for a little background, I listen to a lot of podcasts to make us better and... One of the podcasts I listen to is the Human Podcast Machine by Taz. Great. Now, now, li- now. So, is he smarter now? Because yeah, I'm talking would, about an I'm talking about a past Taz. I would definitely think that now in 2015, Taz is smarter, and he realizes. I'm glad the business that came before him, the business that came after him, and the impact on both sides. Now, having said that, Gary, I want you to get a little more into Taz and. Just your personal feelings. Well, to be honest with you, when I went back to uh, ECW, one of my angles uh, that I was starting was before I got the bell and while I had the bell was against Tech. But he was called the Tasmanian Devil at that point. He With the makeup and all the whole gimmick, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that's not, that wasn't working. You know, Paul was doing everything he possibly could to push this guy. I mean, he tugged him up. With uh, uh, Jimmy Superfly Smith and my boy, my brother, and uh, he still couldn't get over. You know what I'm saying? And they had the tag team titles at that time. So, you know, what they had to do was figure out what they're going to do with Taz. How can they get this guy over? And what it comes down to is let Taz be Pete. Let Taz be actually Taz. Let him be the miserable. Fuck that he is. Was he really <laughs> that miserable behind the scenes? Yes. Yes, he was. I want to share. I want to share a story with you, and a few guys that I've grown up around all my life are listening to this show. 
we went to, I want to say it was November to remember 97. It was at the uh, Golden Dome in Monaca, Pennsylvania. I can't remember if you or Anthony were on the show. We're standing in line for hours, plural. We drove from Connecticut to Pittsburgh, Beaver, Pennsylvania, as it were. And we see Taz and his wife pull up. And, of course, I'm drunk, and I'm talking mad shit to Taz because I was not a Taz fan then. I'm not a huge Taz fan now. I do respect his work. And he basically stopped his little rolly cart of gear, walked right up to my face, and talked mad shit to me. And he just seemed like a miserable cocksucker. And that's what I wanted to know. Is he really that behind the scenes? He was he was in gimmick. He was he was passed. He so, was, you know, that was his thing. He you gotta realize, I mean, I think he was passed is okay with me. I mean, I did an angle with him, I run with him for nine months where he kept throwing me on my head. And before honest, before you know, or after I, the neck break? After. After wow, douche. Yeah, so I mean douche. Yeah, so I mean at one at one point I'm like, you know, Paul's like, all right, Pitbull and Taz. And uh, it might have been before the neck break, to be honest, which I'm not really sure. But I just remember he was doing it, and I just said, right out of the blue, everybody's real quiet in the locker room because everybody's you know, getting their shit together. I said, no. I said, no way. It's not happening. And I looked right at Tyler, and I said, I said, you ain't doing it, bro. Find a new fish. I said, I go and jump my hard as I can, and you still throw me on my fucking head. Wow. You ain't doing it tonight. Find a new fucking fish. And that's when he came out with the gimmick where he taps you out. But Taz was okay with me because, this is, I mean, honestly, that day, that show you went to, Anthony wrestled Taz that night, and I was in the corner. And that whole week, Taz called me up every single night. What's up, Gary? How you doing, man? How's it? Uh, we're working on you know, the page with you, son. I just want to make sure everything's cool and, you know, we're all cool. And I'm like... Yeah, we're working. Absolutely. I said, why? What's wrong? Well, it's live TV, you know, and I don't want you guys to be pissed off, you know, if, if the match ain't long and, you know, it's hooked up to Paul, you know, he's setting up the times. And I said, brother, listen, I don't care if it's 20 minutes. It could be two minutes two or, or, or two seconds. I'm still getting paid the same, and it doesn't make a difference to me. I said, so relax. Well, everything's going to be okay. You know, because, well, live TV, if we wanted to, you know, me and my partner together, we're the pit bulls. I don't care who you are, you ain't going to stop us, okay? Well, live TV, it could have been the end of Taz if we wanted to. But we did our job like professionals, and we put Taz over. You know, Taz called me every single night worried about it. And I'm like, you know, finally the last night, he's like, oh, Paul wants it to be like a squash match. And, and I'm like, brother, it's okay. It's no problem, man. You exactly. know what I mean? I mean, it's no problem, you know? And I'm not going to lie, when I went up to Vince for the one-night stand, I mean, you know, Taz acted a little different because he was working in the office a little bit more working, you know? And, you know, so Tommy Dreamer, I don't know when you want to bring that thing up, but... I had had no designs on bringing Tommy up. I wanted to know more about Taz. Yeah, exactly. You sound like you yeah, have a problem. Just, you sound like you have a problem with Tommy. My, my only thing with that? Tommy Dreamer, like I said, was back in the day. I mean, they they just really they really acted like Tommy Dreamer was by himself. And if you do a lot of if you do a lot of digging, which I did, I'm going to tell you, I did a lot of digging this past week. He he owes you a lot, doesn't he? 
Well, I mean, that's something you're saying, which I would agree with. You oh, I, I am saying it. I'm, I'm, I'm calling. I'm calling Tommy Dreamer out right now. He owes you a fuck ton. This is what upsets me. Okay, Tommy Dreamer has the house of hardcore. Yeah. Okay. I'm living in Cherry Hill at the time. He's running at the Armory. I uh, went in Pennsylvania, which is ten minutes from my house. Okay. He can't call me up and say, "Hey, buddy, you know." Why don't you come over? You're right down the street. I'll find something for you to do. I mean, do you remember Tommy Dreamer? That you were nobody, Tommy Dreamer. Fuck yeah, I, I met do. you, Tommy Dreamer. You were doing a fucking show out of fucking Massachusetts that ran on some cable network where Diamond Dallas Page was a manager. He wasn't even a wrestler at the time, and Taz was there with you, and you were in ECW now. And you get to do your own shit. You get the right class with your own shit because you're a Paulie boy. And when it comes down to defining two guys that, to tag up with to do six man, because at the time, you know, ECW was doing three on, you know, three man matches. They were doing, you know, a three on three, six man tags. You know, they were doing shit that nobody else was doing. You know, and who was it? Terry Funk, Dory Funk. Uh, Nick Foley versus the Pitbulls and Tommy Dreamer. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly. just one scenario. Okay, we've done that a million times where it would be, it would be the Bruce Brothers and, and somebody else versus the Pitbulls and Tommy Dreamer. You know, it was fucking, uh, it was the Spanish guy uh, from uh, fucking Mexico. What was his name? Conan. You know, the Pitbulls <laughs> in Mexico. I'm going to bring you so the man. I'm going to bring you to Mexico, and we'll do six-man, we'll get you masks. You know, I'm fucking Conan, I'm over, we'll be over like we're over. Never happened if he went to WCW right away. He quick, forgets. Quick question you know, for you. Quick question for you. Is Tommy Dreamer an innovator, or did he ride the coattails of the success that guys like you coattails. paved? Coattails. I, I, well, he rode our coattails. I'll, I'll Fuck yeah, that. he did. He also did work his ass off. I mean, out of guys that took beatings, his job was to get fucking beat the fuck up and get sympathy from the crowd. And that's what he did, and that's how he got over. But when it comes down to being, I mean, I listen to me. I had a friend of mine give me a, a brand new Oakland Raiders leather jacket. Okay, five, six hundred dollars. I was going to say, yeah, like six hundred dollar okay. gift. He probably don't even remember this, but he was a fan of the Oakland Raiders. I said, come here, brother. A friend of mine gave me this. He was sponsored from World's Gym. He thought I liked the Raiders. I'm a Steeler fan. <laughs> I said, That's I said, but, you know, I said, I'll give you this jacket. Take it. That motherfucker probably don't even remember that. You know what I'm saying? Being a Raiders so, fan, I mean, being a Raiders fan is almost like being a Falcons fan, and I am a Falcons fan. Yeah, it's, it's like terrible. being a goddamn Vikings fan without a goddamn Super Bowl. You're killing me. <laughs> Uh, I'll just say this, guys. I got six. I, I, I know. I know. We're not even talking. <laughs> We're not even. Uh, did you? I'm. I'm actually pissed off. He brought football up because as soon as you said Steelers, I'm like, fuck. I ain't got shit against yeah, it. We, we, we We're done. This, this, this ain't even a conversation I want to have right now. <laughs> we can't say a damn thing. Admit it to the fans that are listening. I got you by your fucking balls. I don't care who you're a fan of. You can't say nothing. The Hall of Fame is owned by the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's all it's I got. Cer- it right. certainly is. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. 
Hey, I gotta, I gotta ask you a quick question. When Vince McMahon did the XFL, would you have at, what position would you have played if he would have approached you? For the, what do you mean the XFL? You, you remember the XFL back in the 2000s when Vince McMahon tried to make his own, um, uh, what was it, like football, football slash wrestling extravaganza? Uh, when he was doing that uh, football, what was it called, the FXL? Yeah, XFL, yeah, XFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. What I position? Actually, I actually still have, I have a football that's still in the box that never even came out of a box. No kidding. That company, yeah. Somewhere in my storage, I have a San Francisco. So hold on, so hold on, so hold on. You you still you're dodging the question. (laughs) If Vince McMahon came up to you and said, "Pitbull Alpha Male," I am going to tell you right now. I want you to be in the XFL. What position do you want to play? What position would you pick? I would say it would either be deep linebacker, defensive end, or running back. I think you'd be a badass running back, man. I think you would be a badass uh, fucking a, running I'm, back. I'm going to disagree, and I'll tell you why. One of my favorite players of all time was middle linebacker Jesse Tuggle from the Atlanta Falcons. I can see Gary busting through the line and demolishing a quarterback like Jesse Tuggle did. And for I can see years. my man Pitbull busting through the line like Adrian Peterson. Opening a hole for oh, AP. Oh, you don't even need that. He'd just be rolling over people like this. Okay. <laughs> Done. Well, fair, Done. Enough. Done. fair enough. Fair I'll enough. I'll be honest with you. Listen, guy, you're, you're getting there. You're close. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm a Jack Lambert man. Wow. Oh. So like, hey, the white ghost. The white ghost nobody could block, brother. The white I've ghost with no teeth. Football. The professional football players told me, man, they nicknamed him the white ghost because anybody could block him. He would shut a block like a motherfucker. Wow. And he would grab you. And you've seen that. I'm a Mel Blunt man, too. And you got to realize... They changed football just like ECW changed wrestling. Fuck yeah. We we are giving you the worldwide toast for that comment, my friend. We can't take that away from you. You are absolutely 110% correct. Now I'm going to take the, I'm going to take, I'm going to take this interview down just a notch and it's not for anything other than I want your personal opinion on this. I want to take you back to a particular day in history. And that day is September 25th. 2003, when officials in Rhode Island, and it was front-page news here. We we record out of Connecticut, so it was front-page news here. Yeah. When the world found out that Anthony Durante, Pitbull number two, had passed away. I have two questions. I want you to start with the first one and then lead into the second one. When was the last time you spoke to Anthony prior to his death, and what was your reaction to his death? I, uh, I, what happened was I moved to New Jersey. I left Philadelphia. He actually moved to Connecticut to be near his mom and his brother. Uh, he had a girl who had a baby with him, and uh, they just had their second child. So Ant was actually, before he moved to Connecticut, he was hanging out with me playing softball in Jersey. And we just stopped wrestling for a little bit, and we started playing softball with the town, you know, having a good time. That's where we grew up. But he went to... He went to Connecticut where the casinos are, and uh, I got a call from Ant, and Ant's like, look, you know, I'm back in shape. I'm re- I, think, I think I'm ready to come back. So I said, okay, well, why don't you come by and see me? So he came by and saw me. Uh, he looked great. He was down to 135 shredded. 
I mean, he looked ready. I Damn. said, we're ra- okay. I said, we're ready to go. So he went back to Connecticut. Uh, in the meantime, I mean, I didn't even expect it. A week went by, and uh, well, uh, around the time I saw him, like a couple days went by, uh, Joe and Mike called me from the Red Legion of Zoom, Red Warriors. And, and that's, like, that's obviously that? prior to Mike passing away a year later. No, we, we were, this was, this all happened in two weeks, bro. They we died two weeks apart? Go. Yes. We were supposed to go. Wow. I didn't fucking Wow. We were supposed shit. to be in Connecticut and Massachusetts to, for this huge show, which the Road Warriors were saying, we're back. And we were saying, we're back. You know, to let people know wow. we're going to put on this great match. You know, you got the Legion of Doom against the Pitbulls, which is just like us and the Steiners and us and a couple other tag teams like Ventilation and the, and the Bulldogs, you know, our gimmicks and the Hearts. You know, it was going to be a great fucking match. And it was going to bring us all back. And I'm sure this was going to bring us back and with no problem. And what happened was uh, I got, a, I was in the gym and I didn't even know. Somebody came up to me and go, yeah, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm like, what are you talking about? They, you know, I heard Anthony passed away. I'm like, what? You know, I'm working. I'm just going cardio, wow. just doing the treadmill. I had no idea. So I went home and I was in the news. Come to find out, they said there was a shooting in Connecticut, and two people were dead, and they found two kids. He's right. I just looked it up while we were talking. Now, prior to that, weeks. now a week after that, Hawk died, Mike. Yeah, uh, yep, yep. So two, week, two, two, week, week, two weeks and six days, wow. I just looked it up. That's Holy crazy. shit. We were supposed to come back. So I, it, I don't know what happened, brother. I mean, honestly, I know Animal was going through what I was going through, and it was a fucking mess. But I think me and him should have tugged up half the Legion of Doom and half the Pitbulls called us the fucking Animals or something, and, you know... It would have been fucking great. I think it would have been a great tactic. That would have been stellar. Yeah, that I actually would have yeah. totally believed in that. That's fucking holy shit. That I. But but, but people wow. like I said, people don't know that kind of shit happened. You know? No, exactly. If I argue exactly. with some young buck, I'm like, motherfucker, you don't have a fucking clue who I wrestle or you know who calls me up. You know, when WCW called me up, you know, there wasn't one person on the phone. You know, I had fucking. Diamond Dallas Pennies. I had Kevin Sullivan. So, I had fucking Mongo. I had Raven. I had Terry Taylor. Everybody was on one line talking to me, telling us to bring us in for the December pay-per-view against the Steiners for the belt, and they're going to drop the belts to us, and we're getting our run. Wow. And I'm like, I'm like, hell yeah, we're going to do it, you know? And we agreed on a three-year deal, and it worked out perfect, and they came, you know, they, they came down to work Philly. We went to the show. You know, we met Bischoff and all the guys when they got off Bischoff's jet. You know, we hung out with them. We didn't sign no contract at the hotel because of the fact, at the time, Bischoff wanted us to do a one a night to night. And Kevin Scott Tolman, who's a good brother and a friend of my old school guy who helped, you know, bring me up and got me all that Japan stuff and got me to be friends with King Curtis and Don Morocco and got me working with Billy, you know, the wild, crazy Bill and uh, in uh, Australia. You know, they were down there, so it just worked out like that. Where did you go after that with, after Anthony's death? What was your plan of attack after not having your partner? It was rough, dude. I didn't, I was I didn't say, want to do anything yeah. at the time. You know, I didn't want to do anything. I mean, I did a couple of tours in Japan and, you know, 
not having your partner with you after having them you know, over 25 years. Yeah, you guys were you guys were inseparable. By, like, by, I mean, seriously, you didn't give a fuck about like say single titles. Seriously, you were by, all about tag team titles. By my math, that was twenty years together. Yeah, dude. I mean, we're working the Wild Samoans, which is you know Asa and Sika. You know, not countless Samu and Lloyd and all the other brothers. I mean, in the beginning, we were in the ring with those guys. I mean, their famous line was Pitbull Barbecue. <laughs>、いや、そのうんだ。いや、そのうんだ。いや、そのうんだ。いや、そのうんだ。いや、そのうんだ。いや、そのうんだ。いや、そのうんだ。いや、そのうんだ。いや、そのうんだ。いや、そ
Have you seen them when they first started? There must have been five different Dudley teams. There was there was eight them. by my count, Gary. Yeah. There was yeah. eight. Yeah, until they yep. found yeah, until they found the right ones. And the Pitbulls, like I said before, went through every single pair of them and destroyed them all. And I don't but think people realize that. No. When it takes a when it takes the Dudleys to use the super bomb that we created Fuck yeah. on TV and get over like we're over. That was our spot. We could have did the same thing, bro. Like no, that's why, and that that was my point. You you are seriously twenty five seconds away from being the next big thing, as Paul Heyman imagine, said. Imagine, uh, imagine if we would have did the gimmick. Here's an idea. Just just listen to this, bro. Sure. We would have ended up working against the Hart Foundation. We would have got the straps, and then it was going to be the American Pitbull versus the British Bulldogs. Wow. We were going to be fuck yeah. They were going to put. They were going to have a helicopter Blackhawk with a steel fucking uh, cage underneath the Blackhawk covered with smoke coming out. Dropping that fucking cage in the ring, all sides come down, the, they, the fucking Blackhawk takes off with the cover, and who's standing in that fucking cage? The pit bulls. Wow. Okay? That's how hard we were going to get pushed, and that's how much cash. This made man could say whatever he wants. He made a mistake. Yeah, I could have made that man millions and millions of dollars, and I know he would have made me millions of dollars. All right, I've held on to oh, this. I've held on to this question for too long. We've been on the phone now for over an hour. In two thousand six, two thousand seven, Vince McMahon put Kid Cash and oh, who's the other guy? Jamie Noble yeah, in the ring Jamie with Noble. collars, with chains, called them the Pit Bulls. How bad did that pissed piss off. you off? I was pissed off. All right, well, they called them pit bulls. They didn't use the. Yeah, they called them And what happened, here's what happened, okay? Because I'm friends with uh, Kit Cash. Okay. All right, Cash, at first I wasn't too happy. <laughs> so I was going to say, is I that a shot? This is where Vince made his mistake. He, he came to Philadelphia for SmackDown. Uh, they, Triple H and them had these guys hanging up. They didn't know what the fuck to do with them. So they had to come up with a name, so they decided to call them a Pitbulls. Cash right away said you can't call us the Pitbulls. Because number one, there is another tag team called the Pitbulls. They've been around since 1988. I've owned the name. It's nice. Nice. Okay, so I right away got in touch with my lawyer and I, I sent them one cease and desist. They got on television. Uh, they got the belts. I sent them another cease and desist. But before I did that, Kit Cash said, listen, you know, what you do is wrong. But if you bring Darren in and have him manage us, it might be significant and we could do something with this. That would because been... we'll use Gary to cut the promos and, you know, get us riled up and act like he's the mad dog of war, the owner, and I can wear my dogs and I'm sicking them on everybody. But they didn't want to do that. They didn't want, they didn't want to throw me a bone and just come in and manage. So wow. my second letter that was sent to my lawyers put it, in pretty blunt words, hey, motherfuckers, you don't know the name. I do, okay? Number two, if you don't stop ceasing to sit, you're going to have to start paying me. And what did they do? They stopped, and they ceased and sit. That was right around That's the time. Good. That was right around the time I got out of yeah. being a follower of the business. It had just gone in a different direction, and I don't remember the outcome. I just remember seeing those two, and 
I don't want to. I don't want to downplay Kid Cash or Jamie Noble. They're great. No, workers. I'm glad Kid Cash stuck up for you. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, but that for shows me, loyalty for me. Two undersized guys calling themselves the Pitbulls when Anthony and Gary were two jacked up, ripped, buff, chiseled, and jacked motherfuckers. Yeah, you guys. Yeah. You guys emphasize the you, word Pitbulls. You're, like, you're, really. you're, you're talking about Pitbulls light at this point. Well, that's why. If you noticed, it was done. Once I put my foot down, it was over. Fuck yeah. You know, I'm glad was, you did. I'm glad you, know, you did. And, you know, I don't talk to Jamie. I don't really know Noble. And I think he's still trying to hold on to it. You know what I mean? But I don't know. know. He, I, I, they got, listen, in Philadelphia, if you don't remember, if you weren't there, they got laughed out of that building. Yep. Yeah. I mean, oh, the, yeah. The people, went, the people were like, you got to fucking be kidding me. They called them the poodles. It was that bad, <laughs> you know. So, you know, it, it, what's, what's done is done. You know, I personally think. I mean, I've been watching some guys. And I mean, I mean, you guys think about this, okay? What are they doing right back? Okay, uh, not not, not good second. things. For, not good things. If they just think for a second, if they would listen to just think for a second. Bring me in with my long hair and the Pitbull gimmick. Knowing I'm original. I'm Pitbull number one. You change right back to Pitbull number three. Wow. We will blow everything apart. Oh. He looks just like Anthony. He, would he never does. Be called yeah. Two. Holy shit. That's a good fucking Pitbull call. He will never be called Pitbull two, but. Oh, fuck no. There is no. There's... He could be called Pitbull 13. Saw a fucking ton of gimmicks. And they will have a spot for live back, and they could throw the belts on us because we'd be big enough and strong enough to hold them for a while. Wow, I, that's a great. That's point. a fucking great call. I didn't even think about that. Ryback technically would be a great pit bull. He, he looks three. a lot like Anthony. He wrestles a lot like Anthony. I can see that being money making. Have you actually? Have you actually contacted Ryback? Yeah, I haven't. I mean, even if they brought me in and maybe managed him. You know, whatever they wanted to do, I would do, and it would get him over. Fuck and yeah, it would. Like that, He's got nothing I mean, going on for him right now. Feed me more? You know, no, come on. The they, put him, they put him in the ring. They put him in the ring with the big show, and it was the... Oh, the girls made them look horrible. The girls had a better Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. It, it, it was like watching a bad horror movie. No, it was. It was terrible. It was, it was very sad because they did that. So, I mean, I have so many ideas, brother. People don't even realize it. And they steal my ideas left and right. And because, and because you come from the old school, I think that your ideas were well, that, probably Well, that's the fucked up part is old school wrestling. People got to realize 80s, 90s wrestling was pinnacle. Like, it, it euphemized what we are today in wrestling. Absolutely. Like, if you didn't have what we had in the past, we wouldn't have wrestling what we have today. And... People got to go back to that old school style and bring this shit back because we're losing it. They go we're so losing far, it back. They go so far away from it. The guys like me who watched since they were four years old. You can't even remember Dolph Ziggler's name. You called him Joe. Right. You called him, him fucking Zach. Joe. <laughs> I called him Joe Ziggler. I own that. When Mike tried to get me he back did. into the business, I tried to I get him back him. into this. No, I'm not even. Go ahead, I, Mike. Gary, I'm not even fucking with you. When I tried to get him back into wrestling, he called Dolph Ziggler Joe Ziggler for three weeks straight. 
What does that say about today's wrestling, man? It's insane because nobody does storylines no more, man. It's You're like, exactly what? right. It's week to week. It's week to week. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, I like the the, the girl. The team in wrestling is becoming great. Oh, oh fuck yeah. yeah. I love tits and ass flying through the uh, air. And, and, it's fantastic. Well, I, I understand his point because between Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, who is Ric Flair's daughter, there's enough of the female wrestling that has brought me back in. And on the male side, you know this for a fact, Finn fucking Balor is my guy. I cannot wait every week I'll blow him up. on I'll blow the him internet, up. on the WWE Network, nine ninety nine a month for those who aren't up on the vernacular. Still paying for that. I love seeing Finn Balor, but the NXT is doing it right. Raw and SmackDown are fucking the pooch. Yeah, I mean, like, I, like, like, what are the Bellas? You know what I mean? They want to sign them to a three-year deal, whatever. Yes, One thank you. Thank you. Sign the deal. Listen, sign the deal. Thank you. If you happen to get pregnant, you get pregnant. And whatever. What? You do an angle with it, and guess whose baby it is? Triple H's. Hornswoggles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Hornswoggles, oh. baby. Regardless, you still will have that angle with Stephanie McMahon again all over again. Oh, I agree. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I it's like, like where you're going with thinking. this shit. That's what I'm talking about, man. See, but that's that's just it. You've been in the business so long that you understand what fans click with, and and yeah, and, I mean, I'm you know, I'm just a smart mark. You got to understand that. Aren't we all? I mean, I like when I wrestled. I made sure the fans were involved in my match. Every single match me and my partner had, the fans were were in that match with us. I don't care how you put it. I mean, it was a dull color match, and we went out in the crowd. I remember I was in Florida, and me and Grunge were tied together, and the ring collapsed, and the people were like, it was like a fucking, I never saw nothing like it in my life. And I was, everybody was still in chairs, and I remember I was getting pulled out of a pile of chairs by this guy. He had to weigh five, six hundred pounds. And as he's pulling me out, I'm getting ready to bust him up and knock him the fuck out. I remember Grunge grabbing my arm at the last second saying, he's one of us, brother. He's helping us. And nice. he did. Got me out of that pile. Got me back near the ring when we finished our match. You know, we brought the fans into our match every yes. single night. Because we realized, you know, these people work 40 to 50 to 60 hours a week. They need to go to somewhere and unleash, you know, their anger and frustration. You know, get stuck in that cubicle for 40 hours a week. You want to get out and say, fuck you, motherfucker, or somebody. I'll take that abuse if it gets you happy and you have a good time. You spoke of a cubicle, which in every cubicle is a computer. My question to you, and I've asked this before, did the Internet hurt the business or help the business? Uh, I don't know. I think probably hurt. I agree. So much. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Uh, it was different back when I was in the business. I didn't have no cell phone. I had no computer. You, you get I mean, so I'm much. on the road with Anvil. I remember I was in the in an elevator with Anvil one night. We were in California, and he looked at and I, and he had this big object in his hand, and I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" And he's like, "Oh, it's one of these fucking cell phone things, and you can actually send texts." <laughs> we send texts and stuff, bro. Yeah, I mean. So, I mean, it's like, it, it, plus, K-Fabe is so bad now. You're like, killing me. You just, you just, you just, you're starting to answer my second question. But go ahead with the K-Fabe. Yeah, you can, you can ask me my question. I'll answer. 
I got the kayfabe, and I hear no more because of the internet. And my question, <laughs> my question was going to be to you: When did you start seeing the curtain be lifted back, and kayfabe was dying, and the business was starting to be exposed a little more each and much every day? Okay, here's what it comes down to: I'm old school, plus I'm you know new school too. But kids, guys today that are just coming up, you know, they're bringing a cell phone into a fucking locker room and then taking pictures of guys when they don't even know it, okay? And then posting them on fucking Facebook, you know, say a guy may be tired and he's laying there taking a nap, and they might put a quote, oh, look at this one drugged up. I don't agree with that shit, okay? Damn, I feel fuck if you, yeah. If you've done that, and I know you probably know what I'm talking about. Fuck yeah. It's okay? too many. And to be honest with you, I feel... That, that's a fucking main, major, major, major. First of all, yeah, because exactly. If, if they if they were if they were doing that when I was coming up, they would be out of business right now with no question. Uh, dude, I agree. Listen, you go to that place. And nobody knows what you do. I, I'm going to go out, and like I said, just throughout this interview, we've learned. You're a family man. We, we understand that. And everybody here at this table has a family, and, and, we, and we work at that. Yep. Dude, if you could take 5, 10, 15-minute fucking nap, dude, I'd do it on my lunch break. People say, what are you doing on your lunch break, dude? You're out there napping in your Sleep. car. Exactly. I'm not eating. I'm fucking napping because you know what? That's when I can nap, and that's when I can go through and go through the rest of my day. Right. As you get older, unfortunately, you do have to take these little fucking naps. My problem, so go ahead and snap these little my pictures. My problem with not only the wrestling business but in life in general is you go to a movie. I went to see Ted 2 five nights ago. Do I really think a fucking teddy bear can talk? No, but I suspend my disbelief for two hours to watch a teddy bear talk. When I go to, when I watch a wrestling match or when I, whether it's what? live or on, when I, whether it's live or on television, I suspend my disbelief what? to believe that these two or four, depending on the match, are actually beating the ever-loving piss out of each other. Are you comparing wrestlers to teddy bears? Yes, right I am. I go to see that movie. I go to see Ted 2. Teddy bears can't talk. I go to see wrestling. I believe, I want to believe for that two, four, however many hours, that those guys are beating the shit out of each other. That's what I want to see, and that's what made me walk away from the business for so long. It became, hot, like Gary said, high spot after high spot after high spot. It was more about the hurricanes and the planches and the topes than it was telling a fucking story in the ring. Gary, what do you think about that? You know, I agree 100%. They don't do that no more. You know, I've been to so many shows, independent shows, and they don't do it. You know, I've owned three wrestling schools. I mean, I, you've heard of the circle of pain. Oh, you know, yeah. I came up yep. with that. I came up with the circle of pain. My, my kids went through hell for 45 minutes to an hour before they even got a chance to get in the ring. You know, and I brought that to the Monster Factory, and they're doing that today. That's why they're, the monsters are coming out of that place. You know, and it's like... Oh, you got I, some I'm big names Tampa coming Bay out of right that place. Now. Listen, I'm sitting here in Florida right now in Tampa Bay sitting on my ass. Why ain't I, why ain't I working for Vince McMahon down the street training some of his guys? Why are you not the performance center? Exactly. I agree. I agree. I mean, dude, I could fucking do it. I could be on Tough Enough right now, and I'll guarantee you the first day, I'll let you know who's going to be here. Not, not only that, not only that, not only that, I believe that you could weed out the weak. 
Because there Amen. are some oh, weak, there are some weak ass motherfuckers in there that need some old school fucking teachings like you can provide right now. Henceforth, that's exact. Listen, that's exactly what I do. I weed out the weak. Fuck yeah! When I was going to the monster. I was going to the monster factory. Larry Sharp told me and Anthony that was our job. We the guys who cannot handle it, they got to go. So we would beat the living shit out of people at that school. We would jump in the ring and guys would literally jump out. Only certain guys like Dan Wolf from the Lost Boys, God rest his soul, he passed away. Another another great guy, Johnny Hoffman. Oh, yeah. Guys that would Johnny Hoffman was ring. great. You know what I mean? So these guys would jump in the ring because they would take advantage of it because they saw what we were doing. Me and Anthony were going to New Zealand with, with and Larry Sharp was our manager. You know, they realized, okay, they're getting the push. But then again, they couldn't handle the stiffness. But we were still learning, and I admit I was still green. I mean, I go back and I watch a match. I can't even watch it. That's how bad it was. Right. You know? You know, so it, that's just the way it is. I mean, you're, I, I'm, we're old school. We like to work tough. And we, you know, we like to work stiff. And I can still work easy. The first time I went to Vince, I remember, to be honest with you, I worked uh, – it was big boss in our king. They beat the shit out of us, and people thought we were dead. And I remember I didn't feel a thing. I went in the back, and they were, the boss man was hugging me. You know, I made him look so good with the beating the shit out of me with the nightstick and stuff, and I was handcuffed to the rope. And I'm just like, man, you know, I was like these guys brought us under their wings, and I was thinking to myself, man, this is going to be great working here because it's, everybody takes care of everybody. You know, you don't have to break glass and wrestle on thumbtacks and all this weird shit, you know, that people are doing just to get it over and try to copy ECW. Exactly. Understood. Now, we got some rapid-fire questions. It's not going to take a whole lot of, uh, not a whole lot of thought. Just want to get your honest opinions. I have two, and then Mike has the ultimate <clears throat> question we ask every guest that we have. I love that question. It is a great question. My two questions are, and I'm going to start with number one. Mount Rushmore has four faces. I'm going to expand it to five. Who are your top five Mount Rushmore pro wrestlers of all time? I'll have to go with, uh, I would say Mill Masters, one Mil of Masters. my favorites growing nice. up. Jesse Abadi, then sure. Well, I mean, Gruel Monsoon was a great guy because he won. He got us. He was going to get us our first job with Vince. He actually told Vince to hire him. So Gruel Monsoon was a great person. Uh, dude, <laughs> it's a tough question. You man. got three so love far, it. brother. Love go, it. Go, I, go, I go. love it. I love it. Yes. I'd say Dusty Rhodes. Nice. Oh, fuck yeah. Dan Hansen. If you bought that style. Uh, Who cares if you bought that style? Wow. Uh, it's a tough one between Stan Hansen and Bruce and, uh, what's his name, uh, Brody. Wow. Uh, man. Get your Mount Rushmore. You want to put six man. faces on there, Gary? Go ahead. I mean, there's, I mean, Rick Rude was another guy that was an unbelievable worker. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that you brought that up because you did say earlier in the interview that he was over at your house all the time when he was in ECW. And then Very when he kind of hit mainstream, he kind of forgot about you. But yet you would still put him on the list of, of names that would go on the top 
You know what I'm saying? Like that that uh, that he, says he never, a lot. Yeah, he would call me. Listen, he never forgot about us, brother. He would call me up from Bischoff's uh, jet wow. as they flew into Philadelphia. You know, and he'd be like, you know, come on over, to, you know, come to the arena. I want you to talk to the guys. You know, he wants to talk awesome. to you. And, you know, Stone Steve Austin used to hang in my house every weekend too. And he was looking for ECW. You know, anybody knows you talk to Fonzie, man. Talk to the guys out there, the guys from Philly, especially our clique. Anytime, anytime, any mainstream guy was in Philadelphia for ECW, who do you think they hung out with, bro? They hung out with the Pitbulls, man. That's we awesome. We showed every one of our brothers a good time, and that's what we did. You know. That's fucking awesome. That's Great. that. That's a whole brother. That's a whole brotherhood of wrestling, or the brotherhood just yeah, in I mean, general. You know, when you click, when you click with a group of guys, I mean, it's the same thing. It's just a brotherhood, man. When you go into somebody's hometown, you say, "Who am I going to call?" Oh, wait a minute. I know my boy Gary Wolf is. He's Pittsburgh, man. We got to give him a call. We got to give him a call. We're in hometown. Let's give him a call. Yeah, like I said, like I, I was living in Philly all in the years, and they all hung out with us. You know, now I'm in Florida. Shit, give me a job, bro. I could fucking be at the training center right now, 48 years old, and I could still outwork 20 year old guys with my hand, with one hand tied behind my back. I mean, it's just not like power stuff. I'm somewhere like a Dean Malenko. We love that. That that that's that's the old school. That's the shit we talk about when we always bring up wrestling. Yes. Those are the guys that we bring up. The workers, the workers that you know. You know, know. I, was Dean, you know I was working Dean Malenko in South Atlantic Pro Wrestling that was run by George Scott and Paul Jones. Hold on, hold on. Not 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 to cut you off. Not to cut you off. But I want the listeners to understand: if you have to work Dean Malenko. You are working, people. Yes, you okay, are. because Dean Malenko is a goddamn tacticianer. So if my boy Pitbull is working Dean Malenko, that means that that match is going at least what forty-five minutes. Oh, easy. I would do Justin Liger <laughs> in forty-five minutes. I mean, me and Thunder Liger would go forty-five easy in Japan. I mean, I would be—I was just blown. That was my first time ever there, and they're putting me in a match with you know guys that were. Superstars at that time. There. And if you yeah, guys watch old school like WCW, oh guys, I'm sorry, we got to cut you off. We got to go to a commercial break real quick. We'll be right back. Those are the matches that we're talking about. You want to come back? Matches that take so long. They're they're 45, almost an hour matches that you do. You're afraid, dude. Do I go to the bathroom right now? Because if I'm in the bathroom, do I miss a finisher? And is that shit ECW over? ECW Hardcore Television did the same thing. And I think, Gary, you could agree that with the Pitbulls versus the Eliminators or Raven but, oh, Stevie yeah. or whoever, yes, yes. we're going to go to break. We'll be the right Raven, back. Raven Stevie one is we a are, prime example. We're running to the bathroom. Very we're running to grab example. another beer. We're gr- running to grab whatever it is Dude, we we're, grab. Dude, we're grabbing Taco back. Bell runs. Amen. We're like, we can't Amen. miss this shit. Amen. Hurry up. Amen. Hurry up. Amen. Amen. Now, to be honest with you, too, that match, 1996. Fuck yeah. Number two match. In the world. It was for a reason. After, listen, after Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels ladder match, Pit Bulls, Stevie Richards, and three, uh, it was best out of three falls that night. Wow, good call. Yeah. I didn't even put that in perspective. That is right after that fucking match. And that actually goes down as one of the greatest matches in history. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys, you're talking weeks within that match was a 
I mean, the buildup was amazing. It was absolutely like holy shit! Like, damn, my mind is blown. Thank you, sir, for right? putting that in my perspective. Like, I didn't even put that in perspective. Seriously. Thanks. Oh, yeah, you got to remember, too, the room with Shamrock, Kenny. Kenny's a great guy. Uh, shout out to him. I'm glad he's doing well. He's back at it fighting again. So. All right. You see, we last week we no, I'm sorry, two weeks ago. We had a couple MMA fighters on the show, and I have to ask you, did you watch the Kimbo Slice-Ken Shamrock fight? Yes, I did. What did you think of the end of that fight? Uh, Kenny got knocked the fuck out. Oh, my God. But, <laughs> but listen, but that's the sport. I mean, Kimbo could have gotten knocked out, too. Do you really you know think, I mean? though? I, I you, think that, I do think you that think choke it was out pulled? Was come on, man. I, I personally come on, think... Honestly, Pitbull, come on. We've had this great interview this whole time. Give me your honest opinion. Be real. All right. You trained with uh, Ken I'll Shamrock. I'm, I'm you trained with Ken Shamrock. Listen, I'm going to tell you both. Go ahead. Remember the story where uh, the nasty boys and Ken Shamrock had a problem with Carolina? I heard the, yeah. I heard the yep. story, yep, yep. yep. Just you saved Kenny's life. Wow. What? We were there. We saved his life. Are you fucking serious? Expand, sir. Expand. Well, here's what I was doing. We're sleeping. They were at a bar. Uh, One thing led to another. I got a call on the phone. Where's the fucking nasty voice? I'm like, they're right down the hall. I'm going to come out in. Right on Independence Boulevard in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I hung the phone up next thing I know I hear banging at my fucking door and it's a, it's a guy, uh, the security guard at the hotel. He's like, oh my God, they're killing each other, they're killing each other. You gotta stop them, I can't stop them. Me and Anthony jump up, start running down the hall. We look in the room, I see Miles on the bed knock the fuck out. I see Sags on top of Kenny smashing over the fucking phone. Next thing I know, I see him grabbing by the ankles and he's gonna throw him off. A three, four story fucking hotel. Wow. So, what, what did the pimples do? He's our brother. We tackled him and uh, it was done and it was over with. Because we weren't going to let no other guys lose a life under our watch. And that's what we did. So, Holy I mean, shit. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of stories that are out there, but. Dude, I, I, I called this in the beginning of this whole interview. Like, you have touched. That's what I'm saying. The fact that you have touched as many lives as you have touched and you're not where you should be. Like, damn, dude, that, that pisses me off. And fuck, man. Yeah, I remember, dude, Cowboy Bob Warden. I remember because my boy told me he was in Larry Sharp's office. And Cowboy Bob Warden was a big fan of the Bulls and. I remember him sitting, I didn't remember as I wasn't there, but my boy Dan was there and he's like, yeah, man, Bob Orton came in and was like, what's up, Larry? You know, where's those pit bulls? Oh, yeah, you know, and he'd be like, oh, they're on the road working, you know, and he's like, I like them boys. They're going to go far. You see what I'm saying? It's like those kind of guys that I was on the road with, like Maniac, Matt Ford, Fuck who yeah. got to roast me? I got roasted by the Maniac. Who gets that? Exactly, on, exactly. And when Maniac Matt Bourne says, I can, I'm the one working motherfucker, you're going to tell Matt Bourne he's lying? No, oh, man. <laughs> Fuck no, you're guys, not. You're not, man. So, you know, that's how far and long. That's why I'm saying, if my boys were alive today, I'd be working wherever I want and anywhere I want right now. Bro. See, and that, I, that, I, I, I let, me, let me, let me say, that shows a tribute to you, my friend, because... 
The fact that you just said, if my boy was still alive today, and I do got to believe that because in the short time that I've actually been on this phone with you and I've actually got the privilege of doing this interview with you, this is probably my, my favorite interview. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say that right now on our view. Wow. The fact I, I, I've connected and clicked with you in so many different ways and, and how real that you fucking are right now. Real quick, this is a guy that interviewed his childhood hero four weeks ago. I did, Mark I did, Slaughter. and that's talking about Mark Slaughter. Mark fucking Slaughter. And, and I was really you. vague with a lot of those questions, but I got to tell you, man, I just click with you. I, I understand where you're coming from with a lot of this fucking shit. It's and the beautiful. fact that, beautiful. that you're just saying that, yo, if my brother was still here to this day, we would be. And, and I got to say, you would be. And, and I asked Chris to this day, like, that was my question, dude. Why, why haven't the Pitbulls been? That was always my question. You know, because in the 90s, that was such a huge generation for wrestling. And you guys did a lot. But it just seemed like you catapulted everybody else. But nobody kind of like threw a hand out and kind of like lifted you guys up. Because I felt like you guys kind of really did deserve that, man. Am I wrong? I, I, listen, I appreciate it. And it's true. I believe I do. I put my years in. You know, I put 25-plus years in the business. I mean, and I was trained old-school style. I mean, when I was coming up, you didn't get a job until you were 34 years old working for WCW or WWF. So that's how I was brought up, and all my guys pretty much are gone. Like, if my boys were alive today, like Eddie and them guys, they'd be working in the office. I'd be right there next to them. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. You know, there's so many other things, and I have so many good ideas that people don't even realize, man. You know, because I'm old school, you know what I mean? And when we, I was younger, and I was working in North, North Carolina, when I was working in North Carolina, and I find out I'm working, you know, Dean Malenko for a, a singles match, 30-minute Broadway, you know, or if I'm working Ricky Steamboat, I'm going to take bumps for him on the concrete. That's how much respect I had for him. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, you know, look, you know, I paid my dues. I broke my neck. I could have owned ECW. I didn't ruin anybody's career. Oh, I, I ain't arguing. Actually, I actually bought people's careers up, you know, with anything. And, you know, yeah, sometimes I'm pissed off, you know, because I should have a check in the mail every day. I'm on ECW. Uh, I'm on ECW's fucking uh, show on, on the network, and I don't get a check for that. I mean, that's my likeness. Why don't I get a check for that? You know, Fuck you're yeah. showing all my matches from the old ECW days, and I'm not getting paid nothing. You I agree. I agree. You know, know, and, and that's exactly what I was coming out of. Ten dollars a month, you're bringing in a couple million dollars, probably a month, and you can't kick me back a thousand dollars. I mean, shit. And like you I know, said earlier, so, you're talking back in the '90s. Every single person. Back in those wrestling matches, they walked away bloodied. I mean, yeah. you can't cut that down, dude. ECW equaled bloody matches. If you if you were tired of watching WCW and WWE, you changed over to ECW for that reason. Because you were just like, this is so lame. And then you click over to ECW and it's like, holy fucking shit. Shit's going crazy right now. You don't change a channel. You... You guys deserve respect more in this business than anybody else deserves right now. Seriously. 
I appreciate it, man. And like I said, to everybody listening, if you're out there, bros, I'm in fucking Florida, and I'm ready to rock. I can work any time. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna start back in October. Hey, back in I, I'm gonna blow this up because yes. I, because WWE needs you seriously. And if I, I, I think I can do some, I can help them out. Fuck I'm, yeah, I'm you can. You can bring back the old school that we love so much, that we miss so much, that we yearn for, that we tell our kids about. I swear to God, sometimes when when I when I sit down and I did, I paid the nine ninety nine a month for this WWE network. Nine ninety nine a month. And my kids sit there and they watch these pay per views. They look at me like we're watching a goddamn Power Rangers episode. It's retarded. I'm not even fucking with you. Bring back the We old need some good fucking shit. So seriously, WWE, listen to my man Gary. Bring him back. Let's get some old school wrestling in here. Something that people like. Somehow, in this last 10 minutes of commentary, my other question was answered. So I'm going to put my page over here because my second question was answered. How can Gary Wolf fix the WWE? I think. Oh, he answered that. Yes, big time. he did. I and love you, that Gary. fucking answer. But Mike has the ultimate question that we ask everybody, and we want to know the answer right now. So, Mike, if you could just break that out right absolutely, now, absolutely, absolutely, hit it. All right. So, Mister Gary Pitbull, and I do call you the Alpha Wolf because he's the Alpha. Wolf. You are. You are the fucking Alpha Wolf. I'm. I'm sorry, the man. Pitbull of all time. You are. What would the Pitbull do? For a Klondike bar. Oh. I have that all over them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the fact that it connects with so many people. But continue, my friend. What would I do for a Klondike bar? Anything. Anything. I've had what people say for? they were going to kick I've my ass for a Klondike bar. I've done things for a Klondike bar that people have... Couldn't imagine in their whole life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so give us two examples. What would the pit bull number one, Mister Gary Wolf, do for a Klondike bar? For a Klondike bar. Give me give me two I options. Break, I, I break out my old gimmicks. I break <laughs> out my ball collar and chain. Go on Vince McMahon television and destroy motherfuckers. Nice. That's what I was Yes. Oh. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. <laughs> that is my favorite and another, answer. I'll give you some other things. Like, the girls, I mean, they're doing great. Why don't they have a girl tag team champions? I don't understand wait, wait, wait. that. Whoa, T- doesn't good fucking T- call. Doesn't, doesn't TNA have a girls tag team championship? Yeah, but TNA is WWE doesn't. All right, so we got Pitbull back here. Sorry, man, we lost you there. Yeah, I'm all back, brothers. Wonderful. Welcome back. We love having you back. Real quick, can you give me your uh, your your thoughts on the Tough Enough show, if you've watched it at all, today's Tough Enough? I watched it uh, twice. What do you think? Uh, I even watched, I don't know, I even saw the first Tough Enough show. Remember that show? With Maven oh, as the winner, yes. God, Maven yeah. and uh, what was the girl's name? Nydia? No, I don't know. Well, I think it was Maven. I don't know who the girl Neither was. one of them are in the business anymore, although I have I have Maven on my Facebook. I'd love to get him in here. Yeah. But I mean, I, trained, I, mean, I, I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I, I mean, I've trained Velvet Sky, and I've trained a lot of people out there that uh, people don't realize. <laughs> I trained the White Beater. I trained the uh, Trent Acid. I trained the Backseat Boys. 
The backseat boys. I, I remember still, combat I still, dude, 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 dude. I still love that. Great name for a team, but that is a really yeah. cool name. Like you see, that's... oh yeah, we did, it was a, it was a rib, it was just a rib, you know, thing. But they got over in the Indies and stuff like that. I'm just tired. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm tired of going in this in these shows and watching these guys whore themselves out for fifty dollars or twenty five dollars. You yeah, know, and, and they don't even have respect. They don't even have the respect to come up to the old timer like myself, which <laughs> I don't think I'm old. But regardless of the experience I had, you should shake my hand like I was taught. Exactly. Every locker room, exactly. you know, I go in there, you shake everybody's hand. People don't realize when in 1988, I was sitting in the back with Andre the Giant drinking wine and playing cards with him before he went out to work. Wow. You understand? So that's where I was. You know, these guys don't get it. You know, I was there. I, when I don't Rick think Rue they ever will. I was there when Rick Rue was walking around with a rolled up dollar bill in his ear. When Vince McGrath and McMahon was sitting at the table, making sure everybody had their juice. You know, I was there for all that, brother. <laughs> I seen it all, man. I, all it, there, there's no fucking doubt in my mind. I, like I said, I mean, going throughout this interview, like I said, I, I, I absolutely can feel where you've coming from. And I, and I can see the generations going through the way they have. And it's funny because the generations in which you've come through, it seems like that's when they really cared about the wrestlers. And now we're going into the generation that we are now. It's like, eh, as long as you guys can make it, th- then we're cool with you. You know, it's like they kind of yeah. like... See guys going on TV like I'll give you an example. I see this kid named Kevin Owens, the guy okay. from Ring of Honor, Kevin Steen. Yes. Okay, now I'm I'm seeing him do great. He's having unbelievable matches with John Cena. He's making John Cena look great. I mean, but regardless, it's like I mean he's he's good. Why don't you guys start pushing him? You know what I mean? It's like it's like. There's a generation between the old school generation and the Do you new think that they're afraid now. of doing it? Do you think they're almost kind of afraid of bringing in the new guys? Well, I mean, I've been in the locker rooms before where I walked in and every single person looked at me thinking I'm going to take their job. You know, I right. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and you don't have to be that way with us. I mean, I would hang out with with Steve Austin and then the rock in the back. And we would always make fun of each other because we always wore a certain, you know, Versace shirt and shit like that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, but things are so much different. I mean, I, we would be in the locker room and I'd have Shawn Michaels, yo, what are you guys doing tonight? You know, within a, within five minutes later, the rock, what are you guys doing tonight? You know, and, and within a minute after that, Steve Austin, what are you guys doing tonight? You know, we're looking at each other like we got three great guys that, that want to hang out and party with us. You know, who we pick? Yeah, exactly, you know exactly, exactly. Who do we go with? You know what I mean? So, you know, we'll go with Steve, with Stone Cold because Steve's a good friend of ours and he would spend time at my house. And, you know, The Rock, I've known his whole life because I've known his family forever. You know, I've worked yeah. with Uncle and, and you name him. I mean, I've been to the Hawaii with his other family, you know, with his grandfather and all that. And I used to go to their house, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because that's how nice they like us, you know what I mean? And I wouldn't have went on all them tours and other countries and, I didn't have to work for this man because I was going away every week to a different country because those guys would help me out because they loved us and they liked how we worked. I mean, I wouldn't have been in the ring in front of 55,000 with the Guerreros, with the British Bulldogs. I mean, Bushwhackers in their, yeah. in their country. Oh, my God. I thought Fuck we were going to yeah. get killed that night. I remember the ring broke 
the whole left side of the ring caved down, and Larry Short was right in it. It was, I mean, I couldn't stop laughing, but it was insane. I mean, the things we've been through. That's awesome. Listen, quick question, because you brought up Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen, depending on how you saw him. Just real quick, because Kevin Steen has come up as Kevin Owens and he's gotten the high spotlight with John Cena, they recently signed Samoa Joe to the WWE. If if Gary Wolf was the booker, how does Gary Wolf book Samoa Joe in the WWE? Good question. Thank you. Good question. Well, uh, first of all, you got to get rid of them Walmart shorts. <laughs> okay. Second of all, he's got to get into some kind of a gimmick to say Samoan Joe. Okay. To start looking like a Samoan. Okay. Number two, I would put him in with, with an angle with anybody. I mean, he could work. He could work with anybody. I don't see why he wouldn't. And right now, since they got Kevin Owens in there and he's coming out of NXT. You know, and, and they brought Samoa Joe in, who's making probably four times as much as he was in TNA. And I would set that angle up right off the bat. Some yeah, weeks I mean, he's ago, got a great angle right there. Some weeks ago, I mean, Mike Mike brought forth his top ten wrestling matches of all time. We do a weekly yes, top ten list. Yes, yes. And good call. Thank one, you. One of mine, and I told Mike, we're going to agree on a lot of them, but we're going to disagree on a few. One that was in my top five is a match that I saw in Elizabeth, New Jersey, which was Samoa Joe versus CM Punk, back when they were both nobody to anybody other than the Ring of Honor crowd. What a fantastic match. If WWE cannot capitalize on what Samoa Joe is and what he can bring to that company, they are absolutely... You know what? I'm not even going to mince words here. They're fucking retarded. You never know, guys. They could have hired Samoa Joe just to bury him. And right. never put him on. Exactly. Who knows? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. They, he, he could be a priest right now. He's right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He's absolutely right. He could be Reverend Devon. Re- Reverend Samoa Joe. <laughs> it's, you know, it's funny how you bring up, you'll bring up Devon's name. I'll tell you a story, quick story. They were just coming up at ECW when we were doing autographs. And I remember they happened to walk through the area when we were doing autographs and we were happy to be doing an angle with them. And I remember they went in the back. Devon actually told me this story. I didn't remember. And Devon told me, he's like, yeah, I went in the back and Paul was looking at us like, what the fuck do you guys just do? And Devon's like, what are you talking about? Gary was looking at me weird. He's like, well, get ready because when they come in the back, they're probably going to fuck you guys up. You went out there while they're out there doing the autographs and they, they didn't know any better. So I went in the back, and of course, you know, I didn't give him anybody's face. I didn't say nothing. I just, they knew we were pissed. But when they came up, you know, they, they came up and they apologized. And I said, listen, I accept your apology. What's going to happen again? That's all. You learn from your mistakes. But you would think after that conversation with him, you know, Brother Devon said, Gary, I got your back, brother. Matter of fact, I'll put the good word in for you anytime you want, bro. Anytime you want. I want to turn this I micro. I want to turn this microphone over to our executive producer, Mr. Eddie Focus. I want him to read his particular dissertation of the product. Read what you just wrote, Eddie. Please. Basically, what I said is like it seems like since WWE became a publicly traded company, the product's gotten shittier for more money. 
Well, that's absolutely true. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's come on. I mean, sometimes the only time, the only thing I can watch, if I do watch WWE, is the girls. They're getting better and better and better. That seems to be the only and part of the program that's worth watching. My 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 point of view is I mean, they're selling great. They're they're doing good moves. You know, they're they're they look like they're being taught right. You know what I mean? Uh, they're in shape. You know, uh, where are some guys out there? Look at Sistera. See my my opinion of a like a publicly traded company like that is you got ten guys making ten million dollars a year that don't know anything about. The company that they're investing in, entertaining the crowd. Yeah, it's just the business ain't the same, and I'm gonna tell you, it goes through phases, and I've seen it through my lifetime. You know how it goes through phases, and I'm sure you guys seen it from the beginning yeah. to where it is now. It's like it's gonna have to eventually. It's gonna have to change again, and it's gonna have to get more violent, and the PG is gonna have to turn a little bit of R-rated just to bring in that whore, core crowd. Because, I mean, I noticed uh, every day there's a different company on television. Uh, I can't keep okay. up with them anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, so to, for them to do what they're doing, plus you got to remember, Wings is coming back, FMW is coming back. You know, you got New Japan breaking in the TV here in the United States now. you got Lucha Libre Underground, which uh, Rodriguez is doing out of California. I've heard you know, great things got- about Lucha Underground. I've heard fantastic. I've listened to a lot of podcasts where it was Johnny Mundo, who was formerly known as John Morrison in WWE. I've heard, you know, a lot of guys that have come through that particular organization. John Morrison saying, sucks, by the way. Oh, you're killing me. He's a horrible I wrestler. Love him. I love He's him. a horrible wrestler. I love John Morrison. He's a horrible wrestler. Gary, you're a worker. Mike's not. Let me hear your let me listen, hear your thoughts on John listen. Morrison. Watch. I watched Lucha Underground for one hour, and the main event was Morrison and Drago or Cage, one of the guys. And I just saw another match with him and a big black guy. I think the name was Big Joe or something like that. Yep. But phenom- phenomenal matches, brother. I mean, it's like another ECW almost over there. All right, well. Lucha, just have to I, look, I, I, Lucha, just have to learn to sell a little bit better. That's all. I'll, I, I'll I, tell you what. I will watch those, but what I have seen him do on WWE bad has been bad a comparison. joke. Bad but that's what, he's, that's what he's trying to be exampled as, is WWE uh, performer, right? When you watch, Am I not right? When, Seriously. I'll agree with you in part. When you watch Johnny Mundo who is formerly John Morrison, in Lucha Underground, which I do watch pretty much religiously. Johnny Mundo is what he should have been in WWE. Gary, how do you feel about that? I think he's a better worker now than he was then. Good. Excellent. I got... I I, I mean, I got to check out the... I got to say that I, I will take back my statement... Let, give me a week to watch the videos, and and say say next next week I'll 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 go on it. But what I have seen for him in the WWE, it, it kind of was a joke. You're like, handcuffed by the WWE. No, I agree. Style. I agree. I agree. But we can't see no ECW. 
We can't see no WCW no more. It's not available to us no and more. You, the only thing we have now is a WWE. And, you and, I, and I'm craving the old school violence. I'm craving the old school stories. I'm craving the uh, brood. I'm craving the ministry. I'm you're, craving you're, that whole you're, you're, fucking you're, you're, shit. Okay, Am okay, I okay, wrong? Okay, okay, stop. Am I wrong? My knuckles are white right now because you're exactly explaining why I fell out. How many years ago? This is 2005, so eight, nine years ago. This is why I fell out. Because there's oh, bullshit. not bullshit. There's not bullshit. That. Really? Listen. All right. All I've right. Wa- Gary, I've, I've Gary, Gary, can I've I ask watched. you this? Can right. I ask you this? I want to hear it. Do you, watch, do you watch back when the ministry and Edge, and Edge and Christian, you got to give it to them, I'm right? with you. They started the ministry. They yes. were in the ministry, right? This is when this shit started. If you had good story writers... If you had the shit that was written in the 80s and, and breaking into the 90s when Stone Cold Steve Austin was going up against, uh, you know, the corporation and shit like that, would would we not have more fans today? Oh, we'd be loaded. That's my point. <laughs> and that is my point. But you're, I you're, fell you're, out. you're I trashing fell out. on the ministry. Like, no, I'm not. No, no. But you, that was 90s. That was heavy 90s. You the missed ministry. my point. In, in 2007, 2008, when I fell out, when I fell out, me personally, Chris right. Burns from Norwich, Connecticut, when I fell out, what, it was because... What did it for you? What did it for you? There was no story. There was no... Which which particular story did it for you, though? That's what I want to know. Because I all gave right, up right, on right, it. All right, all right. I gave up on it. I ain't going to lie. I gave up on wrestling, but I still watched okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Because of people like the Pitbulls, and because of people like, say, Hulk Hogan, and because of people like Andre the Giant. You're right. That I, I was like, I can't stop watching because of these people. All right, are you ready? Two weeks before the Benoit tragedy, I'm at Mohegan Sun Arena in Uncasville, Connecticut. Right. At a SmackDown taping. I'm in the executive box because a friend of mine, and I want to bring up his name right, right, right. got me executive okay. box yep. free yep. beer yep. Yep. which by the way free we love, beer we love free beer free keep beer going. is good beer keep going i want to know the juicy I part i am watching an angle between batista and molina in regard to sexual harassment this is not what i watched the business for and it killed me i'll go back to when i first started watching wrestling <sighs> bob backlin and bob backlin and superstar graham it was there. Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper. It was there. Um, Rick Rude and the Ultimate Warrior. It was there. <sighs> Sting and Vader. It was there. And as we go along over those thirty years, you um, said you said seen in Big the Show three syllable word. That I just hate. What's that? Batista. All right. Fair enough. Look, like, serious. That killed me. No, Gary. Can I ask you? With, without throwing somebody underneath the bus. Which means me. No, no, not you. Not you. Not you. Seriously. Without throwing Mr. Batista under the bus, is he not the worst wrestler of all times? <laughs> Seriously, give me an honest answer because I really do believe that he sucks. He sucks, you gotta, dude. Listen, you got to understand he's working for a company corporation that's telling him what to do. You so know, so who's a yes man? You're saying Batista is a know. yes man. No, I'm not saying that because there's sometimes I, I, I can't even watch it. It's that bad. <laughs> you know what I'm but they push, they push him so much. Why do you exactly. even give him a belt? You don't even need a belt. 
It doesn't make any sense. You're blowing you know Batista. I mean? He don't need a belt. You're sucking his dick hard enough. Like, seriously, stop trying to give this guy a belt. Exactly. Thank you. I mean, and, and you also got to remember, why is he the main event during a Monday Night Raw when the heavyweight champ of the world is in the main event? Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> so that's the difference compared now and back then. I mean, we always had our main event was the heavyweight title. And the semi-main was the heavyweight tag team. Belt. We looked Am forward correct? to that. We looked forward to that. Exactly. That was what so, the standard was. Absolutely. Yeah. So, why don't they bring that back? I mean, they got, why are they having one champion girl with two other girls and doing six-man tags when they should have a championship match and they should have a tag team championship Hell yeah. match? Just like they're doing, you know, I mean, they got your heavyweight belt. And then you got your tag team heavyweight champs. That should be one. That's, that's what you named events back in the day. Do I mean, you feel demolition? Demolition used to come out rock the house. Going man. to a I house show. Go going to a house show in anywhere between eighty nine and ninety two, where if you didn't have the world champion on the card, you had the tag team champion or the intercontinental champion or the U.S. champion. If you want to go to WCW, those were the main event. You salivated to go see those particular bouts. And today, they think that the name WWE is going to sell tickets when you have to be invested in what's going on the show. Listen, why go to the show when you can watch it for free on television? Bingo, Fuck Gary. Yeah. Thank you. Fuck yeah. That's my, that's my argument. You got it, brother. You're right on it, man. You're right Damn on right. It. I appreciate Damn that. Right. All, the, all the years I spent writing for a wrestling website, I think I got a pretty good grasp on the concept. My last question to you is, yes. if Gary Wolf were a booker today, what would you do to bring the business back to the heyday, that passionate, angry, you could not wait for midnight for ECW or 8 o'clock for Monday Night Raw or 9 o'clock for Nitro, what would Gary Wolf, Pitbull number one, the alpha dog, the ECW dog of war do to bring back the business to that special era? Well, I think I must have gave you five or six great ideas earlier. Exactly. You did, but exactly. You know what I mean? It's just going back in there, use your imagination. I already built my name. I have a name. It don't really have to push me that hard. You just have to put me in the right direction and put me in the right spot. You know, like I said before, you put me in a ride back, you got yourself the tag team heavyweight champions who look like heavyweight champions, okay? Exactly. You put the two girls together, you give them a tag title. Bellas don't need a heavyweight title. They could be a tag team champion. You know what I'm saying? You could throw the belt on another girl like Paige or... Paige is awesome. Fuck yeah, I love Paige. yeah. You know, they're trying, to, they're trying to push that even Marie or getting her it seems, ready. It seems like we need my man in WWE. It just, I mean, that, I that's mean, just honestly, where we're going. I would fit in, if I, like I said, I was in the locker room in the 80s, and that's how I am. So being in Vince's locker room in 88, 89, that's how I am. I'm old school, so. I was going to say, yeah. We're, we we yeah. are an old school show. With, without without yeah, a I mean, doubt, we we bring out bring back a lot of old school. I'm gonna points. make Gary. I'm gonna make Gary laugh right here. I am the Steve Carino of this podcast. I am the king of old school right here. 
That's my job. Go fuck. How about go fuck yourself? <laughs> oh, what's the problem with Carino? I love Carino. He's a great guy. I talk, I talk to him awesome. often. Gary, tell me, what's the problem with Carino? He cut a he cut a uh, so called shoot promo. Oh Jesus! And Here we th- go. This was back. This was back in the day, and they asked him. I was told. Who was the worst tag team you ever had wrestled? No, he did not. And he he said the Pitbulls. That's when Steve Carino and what was his name? Uh, Simon Diamond. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Pat Pat Kenny, yes. They were a tag team. They were a tag team. But people don't understand, see, Steve Carino is such a mark, and Simon Diamond was such a mark, that they got upset because every time they had to work us, they had to put us over because we were over. They were not. You get do over it, fuckhead. That's it. Get over it. Fuck you, yeah. You do. You Fuck do. yeah. He should, be, he should be thankful that Paul Heyman actually gave him the heavyweight strap. You and do realize this. Got that, Gary. Listen, the reason why he got that strap was because most of the guys already left, and they had no other choice. Gary, you do realize this kills any... <laughs> relationship I have with Carino. You, you realize that, right? Hey, look. He admits he was wrong and sent it to me. I would take his apology. I would, I, you know what? I mean, I, mean, I mean, listen. Steve, I mean, a lot of people talk about it. Steve's never been anywhere I've been. He's never done what I've done. You know, he's been in some matches with some a lot of old school guys, I admit. But I'm a lot older and I got a lot more experience. You can't lace my fucking boots. You know what? Right. I'm going to say this right now for everyone who listens to this. I would rather have a relationship with you who is real, who is genuine, who tells it like it is, like you have for the last two hours, yeah. than have a relationship with someone who is just selling a product. So, Steve Carino, from what you've told me over the years, you're done, brother. Hold on, hold Gary on. Gary Wolf is the real deal. Before you start chuckling at that, I, I, and anybody at this table is going to tell you, I have visions of grandeur. You do. I believe that this show is going far. I yep. really do. So when I have my year anniversary and we have all this other shit going on, first of all, the freight train is going to be there. Josh Diekman of MMA Fighting is going to be there. Bellator MMA. If you yeah. never watch it, Gary, go check out Josh Diekman. Mr. Blair Tugman will Blair be there. Tugman. Mark Slaughter. And, and hold on, hold on. And you, sir, Mr. Pitbull number one, will be there. Do you accept my offer? Oh, absolutely. Uh, amen. <laughs> amen. If Frank Train is going to be there as the heavyweight champ, I definitely got to be here to see Freight Train. Fuck wow. yes. You know, you know Freight yes. Train? I've heard of him, but I've seen some shit. Oh, what a, what a great guy. We drank beer with him. Yeah, we, we had a good ago. time with him. We got some pictures up on our uh, We had him on, on the show. What a great That's what I'm saying. When, when we get to that year anniversary, I want to bring back some of our greatest people. And I'll tell you what, everybody at this table, they can see. When, before I started this interview, I ain't going to lie. I, I really am not going to lie. I, I was like, okay, this is gonna be awesome. This is gonna be a wrestling. I can I can pick this guy's brain apart, dude. I got a connection with you. The, the, how hard Amen. you are, Amen. a fucking Amen. worker. 
I am such a fucking pit bull number one fan. You have no fucking idea. You have made me a fan for life, brother. Absolutely, Seriously. Absolutely, absolutely. Seriously. I appreciate that, brother. And I really wish you guys luck on your podcast. And anytime you want me to come back, I'll be happy to come back. You answered. You just answered my question. Will you come back for another round? Oh, yeah. And even if I'm somewhere working big, I'll still do your show. Boy. Beautiful. Thank you, Gary. I that appreciate so awesome. that, brother. I do. I got to. I just want to say thank you. I also want to say to you guys, uh, I think you guys got a great show, and this podcast is going to go somewhere. And if you ever want to hear the real deal and the truth, you know the people. Oh, we got we got a lot of yeah. truth today, brother. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I I heard a lot of shit today that I that that obviously was hidden from media and a lot of WWE bullshit. And man, you opened up my eyes to a lot of things. Like I said, I'm I'm a big Pitbull number one fan. I really am after today. From a per- from a personal standpoint. <laughs> From a personal standpoint, from the 90s, and I was in my 20s, and wrestling was still hot to me then, you were in my top three tag teams, you and Anthony, God rest his soul, thank you. Thank you so much for the work you did, thank you so much for the entertainment you provided, thank you so much for everything. It meant the world to me, and to sit here and talk to you now, seriously, has been a highlight of my life and my podcast career. Thank you so much, Gary. It meant a lot. I appreciate it, guys, and I will be talking to you, boys. Thank you. And everybody out there, later. Later, guy. Thank you Fuck so yeah. much. Thank you for your time. Gary, the Pitbull number one, brother. We'll be talking to you soon, brother. Thank you very much for your time, man. I appreciate it more than anything. You got it. Pitbull out. Ah, thank you. Mike, really? Was that not fucking amazing? Great fucking. I mean, I'm sitting here. Ah, God, it's killing me. Let me, let me, no, no, grab your, no. <sighs> it's killing me. Do, do we just rock it? Do, we just, do, do we just thing. rock the whole fucking yes. interview for once? Yes. For all you guys that's out there. That's a long time to listen to. That's, that's what's killing but me But you right know what? Now. If we'd have broke that up into two parts, it <sighs> wouldn't have made as much sense. Let's. Put this out there as one. All right, huge all right. Let me thing. let me let me just do it this way, Mike. Uh, wait, let Mike, me just do it this Mike, way because I am going to cry. Eddie's plugging in his mic. I know. I, watched I know. Him. I watched him through this whole interview. I know. With eyes and I know. facial expressions. I know. He was Eddie. Come on, dude. We're talking. Three Where, hours. Were Where, we're, Where were you? Where were you? Where were you? We're expecting people to to listen to this thing for three hours. Horse. Horseshit. Let's do, do, do it. So Fuck it. Yes. This we do it. The first yes. time that we're at break it up into expand beyond yes. our no. ninety minute show. Well. Obviously, that's very huge show. Put it out we're, as we're, we're looking at three we'll hours right now. As one. We really do that. I mean, you're talking. We I hope that we don't lose you guys. That's a whole lot. Point. Um, lesson learned. All right. Cut the show Fair. half off. <laughs> I really am sorry. I mean, me me speaking personally, I am kind of in charge of this point of the show. This is something that's new for us, and we are going to take it. We're going we're gonna to go this whole show three hours long plus. You, Every week. Listen, you, you folks are getting a serious bang for your buck. Let's put it w- Without question. <laughs> I agree. Thank I you, agree. Eddie. Without yeah. question. All right, so we're, we're going to wrap this show up as quickly as possible. We do have the top ten list. Thank you. Which we thought we were going to break off into like two lists, but it's only going to be one list. So um, without further ado... We have to make sure that my boy, Mr. Chris Burns. Thank you. 
will be working on the top ten list for his this um, week. Which, by the way, is what is it? It is the top ten podcasts. I hope we never ever hear. And I have two honorable mentions. Holy shit. My name's probably I, I really, on two of those, huh? I hope we don't again, fucking hear this wait, shit. Wait, 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 wait. My, my name's probably on two of those, huh? No, no, it actually, your name doesn't come up, after, actually, although it should. But <laughs> my two honorable mentions are the FNN, Florida News Network. Oh, my God, dude. Thank you. How many did we get out of this this week? And the second honorable mention is The Real Truth featuring Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I knew that would get a rise out of Eddie. <laughs> I'm very glad I got my pop. Really? The yeah. show, the show that has so many sponsors, there's not enough time for Hillary Clinton to actually talk. Amen. <laughs> Fuck Is Hillary it under Clinton. F for Final Countdown? Uh, it's under T, the Final Countdown. Oh, see. So I'm before so I get into grateful. the top ten itself, yeah, you got to keep in mind, folks. It was a three-hour interview. Oh so wow! It's been, it's been three hours of beer. It's been amazing. No, it really has. <laughs> and, and 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 I gotta say, when we first came into this, I was like, "Are we gonna stop this halfway through? No. Do the whole thing? No, no, that was our plan. Unfortunately, we did spend the last fifteen minutes trying to figure out how we we're gonna do that. Right? Didn't work out. Amazing. So therefore. Three hours. You're getting. And, you're getting. <laughs> you're getting. To, to the next chagrin, time, I couldn't figure it out. So, yeah, Chris, I was wrong. The next wow. time. Wow. Wait. 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 Did Eddie just say he was wrong? Uh, I'm gonna blow the internet up with Eddie saying he was wrong. Eddie, you know what? What it's worth, I love you. You admitted you were wrong. It's all good. Just that one time. Though. All right. <laughs> So, <laughs> it's never going to happen. Again. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is this week's. Here it comes. Top 10. We hope you enjoy it. Oh, man. We rarely talk over Joey Tempest, who I emailed to see if he'd be on the show, <laughs> know, by the that'd way. That would be cool. That would be cool. If he's the guy singing the Final Countdown song, he should Dude, be on that the would show. fucking ass. I'm waiting for a response. Anyway, the top ten podcasts I hope that none of us ever hear. Number ten, Al Sharpton's Objectivity Hour. Yeah, you see, Eddie? <laughs> uh, yeah, Eddie, you want to say something? Action! <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I actually think he does have a podcast. <laughs> I don't Probably think it's, does. I don't know. He, he I know he has an internet news show. I I, I know that and he interviews people. I, he's honest, like no, he's not somebody I often want to listen to. Exactly. Objectivity is not Al's game. Number 9. Okay, no. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Sorry. Number 9. The Integrity in Sports Roundtable, featuring Tiger Woods, Lance Armstrong, Barry Bonds, and Roger Clemens. And the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> I agree. Runner-up, Tiger Woods' wife's home improvement show. Okay. No, wow. I might add that next time. Number eight, Insert Mouth, Insert Foot, starring Gene Simmons. Bag. Do you see Bag. Eddie's face right now? <laughs> I'm liking this top ten. Thank what you. We, what do we got here? Uh, wait, hey, don't look. Don't look. Dirty asshole. 
Number seven, Donald Trump's Mexican Fiesta. Number six. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's let Eddie. Let's let's let Eddie. Let's let Eddie calm himself down. Let's not let him choke to death on his own spit. Are you good? I yeah. All right. Number six. ISIS presents the Love and Peace podcast. <laughs> I'm not in charge of the sound effects, but Mike has got this down to a science. It's awesome. Number five is about to piss Eddie off to no end. Number five, deep thoughts with Kanye West. <laughs> I'm an artist, damn it. You should respect me. Lick my boss. <laughs> I've got balls of steel. Thank you. Haters. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Number four. Whoa, whoa, hold on, Chris. Wait, I'm going to let you finish in a minute, but... Uh... <laughs> but Beyonce had the greatest podcast of all time. <laughs> Number four. Man Up, Ladies. Starring Bruce Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> Wrong. I can see that that's not popular with a lot of people. Never Under give three immature boys a soundboard. Exactly. Number three, safe driving the Danica Patrick way. Bazinga. Fuck Thank yeah. you. If any of you have ever watched and, a NASCAR race. And she'll still race, get out of the ticket. If any of you have She's ever watched. great boobs. Yeah, but she can't drive worth a the shit. They're perkies, though. They're per no, she can't drive worth a shit. But point is. If you got fucking amazing tits. Fair. I don't know. I like that I dare you to fuck me face she has. I am a big fan. <laughs> good, good. Number two, Love Line starring Bill Cosby. <laughs> I, <laughs> I see Mike's going nuts and Eddie doesn't want to laugh. Eddie doesn't want to laugh. Say something, Eddie. All right, I got full disclosure. I try, I try my hardest not to engage in or laugh at rape humor. <laughs> it's just so wrong. That's so good, Mike. Thank you. That's awesome. For an epic episode, it deserves an epic song. Eddie, I want you to finish your point. He no, can't. Right, he point. can't. No, that, that's he my can't. Point. I try not to. Baywatch just totally destroyed that. What am I doing here? <laughs> I, I wonder the same thing every four weeks. Come on, let's go. This is good. And Come now, on. give me a drum roll. Can somebody give me a drum roll? <laughs> Bueller? Bueller? Hold on, hold on. Okay. I, We're I, waiting I, for Mike. It's D for drum roll. Uh, I know it's D, but it's also R, which is it really, is. really it hard is. for me. You got understand. You understand. The number one next to drama. of the top ten podcast I hope we never hear. Taylor Swift's dating tips. Oh, my God. I really hope we don't fucking hear no Taylor Swift. I agree, because, look, unless she's, unless she's bopping up and down I, on little no, Chris, hey, I don't T-Swizzle is hot. She's got some little Skittle tits. On so. a side note, I don't care what anybody says. I know there's some Twitter beef, but um, I'm, I'm Team Nikki. I'm Team... Uh, wow, really? Really? I'm, I'm Team Nikki, yes. 
Uh, Nicki Minaj. I mean, uh, granted. No, I'm a, all right, all right, all right. Before we close out the show, let me say, Nicki Minaj has got a fucking slamming ass. Really you know does. Honestly, all right. Put, put, but Anaconda, that song sucked, dude. That's what she made the original tweet about. That the, It's not the song that's the argument. It's the video. The, the the choreography. Why? Because she showed her thong. Both, Great. Both. No, but you got to look at the the. I could tweet Mickey Minaj's that. thong right now, and I ain't gonna see Anaconda. You gotta you gotta understand. Like you gotta watch both those videos and decide which one you like better. The Taylor Swift video. Oh, that sucked. Right, but, it was terrible. No, I agree. I agree. Okay. You know, All so right. It's not. If it's you go not, buy videos. Anaconda is not my favorite song, but like put put all the put all the flashy glamour shit of Nicki Minaj aside. The girl has got lyrics. She's no, got she bars. does. She Who's does. writing the lyrics? And I'm not. No, she is. She is. She, she is. No, following, she is. I've been following she her is. since she was. No, mixing. she is. And and that's and, why I can't right. try to take it. And that's why she was so pissed off. And that's why she did make her yes. little tweet, her little twat, whatever the fuck you want to call it. She did make her point, and and I do got to agree with you. Yes, she does do her own to, lyrics. To bring up bring up a guy Chris obviously doesn't like Kanye West song Monster. Wait, Nobody wait, argues wait, that wait, Nicki Minaj's wait, verse wait, on wait, Monster wait, is the best wait, one. Wait, 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 no, wait. I agree. I agree. It's not that I dislike Kanye West, and if this is the episode where I have to admit, we'll have one out loud to the world. I don't dislike Kanye West. I dislike the fact that he thinks he is above artistry. Everybody is. We're above artistry. Dude, I'm No, we're not. I'm we ab- are artistry. <laughs> I'm above artistry. All right, guys. You're above a song. There is no one at this table Listen. that won't say they're the greatest of all time. We could stare no, no, at each we, other. We, 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 we could. could do this hours. It's going to be silence for like fucking 40 minutes. All right, anyways, guys. Listen, we, we are we breaking the boundaries. And I do apologize because... I, I really thought I had a plan going into this. We didn't have a plan. Didn't work. I'm going to have to stop next time and go through half a day. So this Shit is happens. a full three-hour show. Mr. Gary Wolf, thank you fucking very much for giving you your time today, man. I know. Yes. I understand that time is very valuable to you, and you had some fucking incredible points. My man... Mr. Eddie Focus. Thank you for being here, Guys, Eddie. make sure you go and download that fucking book. Eddie Jakes. Seriously. Last, Eddie. Last shameless plug. www.eddiejakes.com. Eddie Jakes. That, that book, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, it's going to scare the bejesus out of you. It is. It's going to be fucking great. Chris, what do you got to say? All I got to say is thank you to Colin and John from WrestlingOnline.com for pumping this as hard as he did. If you're a new listener, go back. Listen to the, some of the stuff we've done before. It's all entertaining. It's all good. Every four weeks we have Eddie here, and this was obviously a surprise to all of us to have Eddie here today. It was fan-fucking-tastic. Eddie, break it here. down. What do you got to say? Go ahead. No, it's always fun coming down here, and I uh, can't reiterate this enough. Leave the reviews. If you love this episode, leave the reviews. Share it with your wrestling fan friends. Um, I appreciate these guys. Let me plug my stuff, but I, I plug them whenever I can. Fuck yeah. You, you guys do get a plug on my website. By Hell yeah. Way. I love do that. Shit. Really? I love that. Shit. Yes. Guys, thank you very much. Last week, like I said earlier in the show, I noticed that you guys were sharing this shit last week. Fucking amazing because awesome. we had like over 300, like 400 views. Keep doing that shit. But more importantly, just like Mr. Focus says, guys, review us. Like, if you want to do us any favors, 
please review us because we're trying to bring this out every single week. And we do. We need those funds. We want to make this shit more exciting for you guys. We want to work on this shit every week. We want to practice this. And just like Eddie Focus said in the beginning of this show, are you guys where you want to be? I want to tell you. And what steps are you taking to get there? I want to tell you. The passion you just had in that dissertation was amazing. Thank you. Because I, I do. I do fucking believe in this shit. This man. is going somewhere. And it is. You're fucking there right. Once a month, having Eddie here, and obviously having Eddie here today was a plus. No, definitely. So, guys, if you're listening, if you've subscribed, go out, review it. We thank you. We love you. If you've hit the subscribe button, it's awesome. But like Eddie said, we're going to have to write a script every week to say, hey, if you've hit the subscribe button, thank you. It's so <laughs> <I> awesome. <know. laughs> If I have to sound like a tool every week to go, we'll do it. Hey, we'll do you know, it. Hit the subscribe button and leave your reviews and yada yada yada. We're gonna do it. Yeah, we gotta do that shit, guys. Thank you guys very much. Have a safe and happy fucking weekend, and we will see you guys next weekend. Yes, indeed. Thank you for listening.